This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is suffering from a three-day hangover. Goodness gracious me. Anyway, this weekend has to go down as one of the best Chelsea weekends I have ever experienced. Friday night, we celebrated the fifth anniversary of winning the Champions League in Munich. Saturday, I was privileged to be at the Eddie McCready book launch, joined by hundreds of mates, Eddie McCready and most of the squad from 1975 to 77. Uh, And the bond that they have with each other and their capacity to enjoy a drink together rivals even ours, evidenced by the fact that we were the last to leave the butcher's hook in the early hours of the morning. And then to yesterday's game... More of a testimonial to, to JT, really. And boy, did we all make the most of it. Fantastic banners, the 26-minute guard of honour, the speeches after. I had tears in my eyes. But better than that, we managed to upset the media and rival fans brimming with faux outrage at the integrity of the game being broken. They can't even spell it, let alone understand what it means. Bloody marvellous. Thank you and farewell, JT. Captain, leader, legend. I'm Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is, in fact, fittingly, it has to be Captain, leader, legend. Welcome to uh, the. Uh, I don't know, really. I suppose uh, the, the, I suppose half the bloody potting shed. Really, we got we got uh, as well as Jonathan, of course, and myself. We've also got the wonderful uh, Tony Glover and the wonderful Clayton Beam. And Tony, how are you, mate? I, I'm I'm really good considering that I I only did two nights on it, um, uh, and I think I'm of an advanced age where you know just being on it for anything more than two nights um, would usually end up in some sort of A and E um, appointment. <laughs> so well done you, mate. That's all I can say. Uh, 
I have to, I have to share with you um, before I say hello to Clayton, who sadly I didn't see in the cock before. Uh, Jonathan, I saw um, at the Eddie McCready do on the Saturday, and he can perhaps tell me what happened in a minute. Um, but on sun on Sunday, when I walked into the cock uh, late, uh, very late, in fact, I actually got a standing ovation and a round of applause from the garden air end of the cock, uh, who were amazed to see that I was actually still alive. I think. <laughs> So um, that I think tells you um, quite how wonderful the uh, the do on Saturday night was. But there you go, um, Clayton. Lovely to lovely to. So I didn't see you yesterday, which is a great shame. But lovely well, to hear I, your dulcet I was, tones. I was uh, good evening. Good evening. Hello. Um, I was cranking my neck to sort of look in your general direction at certain stages, um, but uh, you were you were, you were elsewhere, probably misty eyed as as we all were. Um, yeah. <clears throat> no, I I wasn't. I, Sadly, missed the Eddie Mac thing, but I was I was basically a friend's fiftieth, so I got home about two o'clock on uh, on Saturday morning. So I was feeling very fragile on Sunday. Um, I'm too old for this, mate. I am too old for it, but uh, never mm. too old to celebrate another championship. Never yeah. too old for that. Uh, and somebody who uh, it has to be said is older than all of us, uh, but much loved nevertheless, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello. I'm sprightly. <laughs> you, you are. What? Good grief, mate. Whatever you're, you're drinking, I'll have a pint of it, I think. You, well, you're full, full, of, full of beans, mate. Exactly. Uh, maybe that's what it is. It's a pint of, <laughs> a pint of fizzy water. Yeah. Oh, marvellous. Well, I've got a cup of tea on the go, so I suppose that's something. Um, Jonathan, it was lovely to see you on, on Saturday. I mean, we are, we are going to talk at length about the Eddie McCready do, but it was lovely to see you, mate, and what a great do it was, eh? God, it was wonderful. God, I got, mm. I kept uh, the, uh, I, I just kept. Uh, I was going to say my gorge kept rising, but that's the wrong thing. No, sorry, I kept my. my, uh, my well, if you my, go by that Chopper Harris joke, you've got the horn, mate. Yeah, it was, it was a funny <laughs> joke, wasn't it? You must. It was, you wasn't must, it? You must tell it later. Um, we must. Uh, I have to try and remember it. A, there you go. It was a fabulous occasion. Oh my yeah. goodness! Particularly the the one person that I couldn't. Uh, all the players, I got them all right. Except other than, I remember you thought that David Hay was Tommy Baldwin. Yeah. That was a bit peculiar of you at the time. I was thinking, but he didn't play during that time. I wonder yeah, what's going on. Yeah, I know. But it was John Sparrow was the one. That's that we right. didn't actually recognise right. at all. And uh, the bloke That's next right. to me, I didn't know, said, who the fuck's that? He said. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And I said, yes, I, I think that's a very good sentiment. I agree with you completely. And then it yeah. turned out it was John, John Sparrow, but he's he's a little bit tubby and uh, has he a is. strange Hitler-like moustache, which I think is a bad yeah. choice. But, yeah. uh, you know. Good luck to him. They were. It was a. Well, they were very merry and very funny. Ha- and, uh, ha- having seen the picture, of, having, later, we, so, we will. Yeah. yeah, I mean, having seen the picture of myself on stage with Jason Cundy, I'm not going to throw stones at anybody being fat. I clearly need to lose a stone or three. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, on the show tonight, uh, we look back at JT's curtain call and the furore it has caused. Uh, as Sergeant Williams from an eight and a half hot mum would have said, oh dear, how sad, never mind. Uh, in part two, we look at breaking records, not making terrible ones. That's a Spurs gag for anybody who hasn't got it. Uh, Batshuai, aha, aha, I like it. Praise Cesar and Roman. 
and give a hand to Tebow for winning the Golden Glove. Uh, and in part three, I mean, we gave you a bit of a tease there. We are going to look back at Saturday night's Eddie McCready book launch because it was it was just it was the best do I've ever been to in, in, in Chelsea related do. So, and Jonathan and I were both there, so I think we can we can probably have very different perspectives on it, but uh, worth talking about. I feel, and uh, of course, we're going to look forward to next weekend's FA Cup final against Arsenal. Uh, and in part four, we've got low. I mean, we have loads of emails from you, the listeners from all over the blue world. Now, do not forget, uh, you can listen to the show live uh, every Monday, apart from Tuesdays, when we do it on Tuesday, live at 7pm, by going to mixlr, com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. And there you will find such people as... Mac Bergson, who may or may not be featuring later in the email section, the wonderful Andy Silverman, who I saw on sat on uh, sun- last night, in fact, at the Fimbra, uh, Ramsey, shut up a man, who I saw at the Eddie Mac do, the lovely Jacaranda chick, who I don't think I've met and I would love to, uh, and the wonderful We Are the Shed, uh, as I actually said to him very drunkenly in the Fimbra, no, Richard, you are the shed. But I tell you, those boys did a superb job with the JT banners in the shed end yesterday. Aurelius, Aurelius is in there. Goodness me, who else? Bonnie Rig Blue. Lovely, lovely, lovely. I mean, you know, basically, oh, Mark Barford's in there. Fantastic. Great stuff. Bob Usray. There you go. Andrew Self. Uh, B. Pacheco. They're all at Daniel Cabral. Jacques Joubert. Haven't seen you for a while, Jack. Good to see you. So there you go, loads of people in there, and they all uh, post lots of interesting stuff. We saw, uh, we saw, I saw Waylon in the Cock Pub on uh, on Sunday. I didn't see Mark because apparently he was very hungover, but they're often in here too. So anyway, there you go. Go and have a butchers in there. It's all great fun. Now after this very short break, we will be talking all about JT. Okay, uh, well, uh, you know, there was a match apparently on Saturday, but who cares? Uh, for us, as we all predicted, it was always going to be um, about JT. And, uh, you know, I will start off about what was going on before the game. Of course, Jonathan has has the best view in the house, I think, when it comes to, you know, seeing the banners, because he's in the middle of the East Stand, so he gets a good perspective on both. What, did, what do you think, JK? I had a panoramic view, Chidge, of everything. And, uh, you know... Um, uh, Hacks off to the uh, to the banner makers. It was you said it was we are the uh, we are the shed did it didn't it wasn't yeah he's in, he's in mixer at the moment Richard and his men yeah Richard yeah fantastic job mate oh my god wonderful wonderful and I was actually I loved the pictures of um, of, uh, of of Conte and JT and the thank you everyone which was on the hotel at the back grazie mille which, uh, which uh, yeah, yeah yeah exactly which uh, you couldn't actually see if you're in the shed which was um, which was a shame. Um, but uh, uh, no, it's just brilliantly done, and you know, great celebratory mood to start the thing off with all the wonderful shouts of Antonio non-stop. The atmosphere was just that superb. I mean, really, wasn't it? Helped, helped yeah. Displays because of the the uh, the everybody holding up in the corner, holding up all the the, the pieces of um, of tinsel 
and uh, and the uh, and the JT captain leader legend one going across. The the other one, unfortunately, got nobody was 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 pulling it across properly. Everybody goes everybody's you, head. You you mean in the you mean in the math you mean it's in the Matthew, Matthew Harding lower. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that was awful, mate. I mean, I, I got a bit of inside juice on that. I mean, apart from the fact, obviously, I'm I'm very near it and I can see it. But I mean, Dave Johnson, who organises all of the banners down there, was was really very peed off about it because basically the people in the Matthew Young Lower didn't want the banner going over their head, and I think that was a real shame actually because it was a superb banner and these guys put a lot of work in. I mean, I, the only thing I would say is maybe communicated a bit, you know. But hey. Maybe maybe Richard, who's on who's on mix at the moment, might have some insight onto that. But Dave was really upset. Do you think that the reason why that happened is because the banner went across just as the team were coming out, or what have you, and people wanted to see what was going on rather than pull the banner over? I think maybe that's mm. possibly why. Well, maybe you know, and and I think uh, I think you know, yesterday quite was quite a, a different kind of day, wasn't it? It was a day. Uh, you know, to, a lot of people were taking photos and videos and that thing. And I think particularly because it was JT's, you know, last game. I mean, he, I was. I was like a bloody tourist yesterday, mate. The only thing I didn't have was a selfie stick. Uh, I like to think of my selfie stick as something else. Uh, but anyway, you know. It, <laughs> but, what would that be, Chidge? What? Tell us, tell us, Chidge. My, my personal stick of celery, Jonathan. There was celery flying around in the Matthew in the Matthew Harding lower yesterday. It had to be said. Uh, yeah, actually, do you know what? Brilliant. Andy Silverman uh, has just posted on Mixly. He says, "I'm in the Matthew Harding lower, mate," and I think it was really just the timing. So yeah, and Andrew Self uh, has just said, "You're right, Clayton. People wanted to see JT lead the team out." So there you'll go. Um, anyway, yeah, well done to all involved, particularly Richard, who I know is listening. I, and I think actually, you know what? For the entire season. Uh, I, I personally know, well, I don't say personally know how, guy, how these guys work because I've never helped them, but I, I, I know what they do and how they do it, and, and it's a huge effort. And I tell you, mate, they they should be roundly applauded and commended for everything they do. And I think, actually, I know, you know, we get the piss taken out of us by other clubs, you know, but, I, you know, I think our banners and the way we organise them, you know, are, are as good, if not better, than everybody else's out there. And a lot of that is down to the likes of Richard and Dave and Pablo. And I even saw um, former fancaster Mr. Darren Mantle helping with the Captain Leader Legend one in the Matthew Harding Upper. Anyway, really, we should talk about uh, JT, of course. Um, you know, it was all about him, I think, yesterday. And the first thing, Mark has reminded me, actually, um, uh, that uh, I actually called... I, I'm sure I said it on last week's show, let alone the Kerry show, Mark, but... Um, I, I had a hunch that uh, JT was going to get subbed off on 26 minutes and I said it on both of those shows and I didn't put any bloody money on it. I am such a mug. All those times this year, if you remember on the Kerry Dixon show where I predicted the right scoreline, let alone result, and now I've predicted JT and I've not put a penny on any of that. I mean, you know, Tony, I must be an absolute mug. Well, I, <laughs> I must admit I knew about it. Uh, when we were in the in the garden at, at the cock, and um, it never even occurred to me to go and put a, a bet on yeah, it. Yeah, but really. I said I called this a week a week before, mm. mate. I said it on the on the on the fan cast on Tuesday night. Yeah, uh, and uh, I mean, they, you know, we're going to talk about the the kind of the, the faux outrage and the, the stupid furore that's going on around it, uh, and the BBC have just put up you know thousands of pounds were won on it and whatever. And all I can say is, well, more mug the betting companies then, really, isn't it? Who cares? I'm not going to start worrying about well, you now. You, I never have done I, before. I, I tell you what, mate. I mean, let's get into this faux outrage. I'm astonished uh, yeah. that that the media have put up the pretense that it's 
fucked up the the whole betting market. I mean, that is just so insidious. I mean, that's. I mean, if they could take a look outside of themselves for one second, hard I know with those self-absorbed, ego-driven pricks. But if they could just do it for one second and realise what they are saying. I mean, because there's something quite venal about the betting industry. I mean, whether you love or hate Joey Barton, that is a man who has been ruined by betting. We know plenty of others closer to home. And yet these wankers, I'm going to go off on one tonight, you can tell. These wankers are hiding behind that as an excuse to kick Chelsea and JT. I think it's disgraceful. Who would like to pick up on that one? I'm going to pick up on the fact that I've already been on quite heavily into the Guardian because Tim Rolls has put an article out there, shared article um, uh, with a, a I can't remember the guy's name now, but one of them has written uh, the other guy's written against it and basically said it was a disgusting thing. It's called football in integrity, and, so, and Tim's made a counter argument. Okay, um, and I, you know my my only view of it is is that the you know when will these stupid red tinted glasses wearing hacks? Blinkered fans and other teams realised it wasn't done for you, nor was it what? done for any of the pundits, right? Or fans of ever any other clubs, or any broadcast or printed online media. It was done for John Terry, for the Chelsea fans, for the club, and everyone associated with it. They could have turned their cameras off, okay? They could have ignored it and not even bothered broadcasting about it. And Garth Crooks could have just ate himself another pie, okay, or a dozen. That <laughs> <laughs> fuck, right? But. Um, <laughs> But they didn't. They choose their There we choose- go. Tony's on the long run, everybody. Tony's no, on the long run. They chose to use it as an excuse, not only to snipe at a great player whose time is over, yeah. but also to snipe at a club that has won the Premier League with no one doubting the quality of the football and the way the club has conducted itself with a manager that no one can complain about, who's actually had fans saying it's making uh, Chelsea hard to hate. Okay. Um, and let's face it, let's give kudos to Sunderland and Moyes for agreeing to it. They, they've said it with Bradley Lowry. Right? They've shown that football can be a bit more than just a poxy business, okay, where people go in, get churned out the other side, okay? Sometimes things are just for the joy of it, and not everything is a business decision. And it's really, I'm probably more annoyed than John Terry ever would be about uh, the whole reaction to it. It's an absolute load of old cobblers, and it's just being used, in my eyes, to, to denigrate a, a great career and also to taint our Premiership, our Premier League title, um, with something bad because they've got nothing else to hang on us. All right, J- Tony, Ray, I, I, I'm going to... I'm going to... Yeah, mate. So I, actually, I think I'm going to lead the applause on that. I, that was a joy to behold. Um, but, uh, Jonathan, I'm just going to... I'm going to read you uh, a few of the comments that I... I, I mean... I cannot understand how I managed to do this, the state that I was in when I got home last night. I even managed to watch Match of the Day. I mean, how did that happen? But anyway, I happened to see on my on my Twitter Twitter feed that there were a few of these things kicking around, and I've saved them. And I'm going to read a few out from this. This is from Rory Smith, who writes for The Times. John Terry's... And I, and I should actually point out, by the way, you know, this is not universal amongst the media and the journalists. There have been plenty of others who have... Uh, who have said, oh, what a load of stuff and nonsense. Grow up and get on with it. There's nothing wrong with it. So we should make that point. It's only a select few, uh, one of whom is Rory Smith, who then actually dug himself an even bigger grave by saying that he wasn't doing what he patently was doing to most people who interacted with him on Twitter. Honestly, Rory, Jesus. Uh, anyway, he says, John Terry's hubris summed up perfectly in a self-arranged farewell. A player so determined to enhance his status, he ends up diminishing it. 
So Rory knows for a fact that John Terry arranged all of that himself. Not anybody in the club had anything to do with it. Well, well done, Rory. You clearly get this week's award of journalist in the dustbin at Cobham. Uh, anyway, uh, John Quoss, one of our favourites, of course. Uh, John Terry. I'm going to read it in the in the, uh, in the in the style of John Cross. John Terry. <laughs> John Terry, great great defender, Chelsea legend, glorious career. But it's a Premier League match, not a testimonial. Sub stunt didn't feel white. Well. I don't know about that. Uh, but, you know, oh, another one. Here we go. Danny Baker, well-known friend of Chelsea. Uh, John Terry. John Terry, great defender. Chelsea legend, glorious career. But it's a Premier League match, not a testimonial. Sub, 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 I've read the same one out again, haven't I? Like, like a knob. John Terry, great defender. That's really odd. I seem to have not copied that one right anyway. Whatever Danny Baker said, it was clearly bollocks because that's all he writes. Um <laughs> Yeah, and I, and I don't know what's happened to one with Matt Hughes, so that clearly didn't work, but you get the gist of it. There were loads of snide little comments like that kicking around for all of them. I have to say, Jonathan, um, you know, all this rubbish about the integrity of the game being threatened, if, if they haven't realised that the integrity of the game disappeared when the Premier League was invented and Sky took it over, then they're clearly on a different planet to me, mate. Uh, completely, yeah. I just think the whole thing was... was um, it, it gave uh, the John Terry haters... Who uh, of which there are uh, thousands around the country. I mean, it wasn't just to say it wasn't just the journalists who had a go. I encountered some retweeted stuff that was absolutely vile about John Terry, and all revisiting the same areas. You have to remember that that many thousands of fans absolutely hate him still. So it it for whatever reason they're going to find that they they're going to find something wrong aren't they? Because it suits them. It suits their negative image of him. And, uh, and unfortunately, um, uh, because it, there was an element of the sideshow about it, it, uh, it, it offended people. Well, it didn't offend them. It gave them fuel to, uh, to feed their, their, their ire. Their frenzy. Anger. It was a yeah, frenzy, it, wasn't it? It was, it was a frenzy of scapegoating. Also, the, what was so annoying was the fact that Unfortunately, the, the the Sunderland goalkeeper kicked the ball out because I reckon that if a Chelsea player had kicked the ball out and on and 26 minutes had happened and then they all rushed over and gave him a, a quick, um, uh, uh, you know, ceremon- ceremonial send off, it wouldn't have created much of a fuss. But because it was done clearly with the uh, the Sunderland team were complicit, that's what has really pissed people off as well. But I know at the time I didn't go, oh, my God, the integrity of the league is being attacked here. I just thought, oh, that's really sweet. It's worked really well, hasn't it? And now they're coming across and obviously the referee's been involved. It's not a problem. I don't see what the problem is. And it was with a team that's been relegated and the team that's won the league. I mean, why Why does it matter that you know something took seconds? I think um, Tim Rolls' uh, defence of it was was absolutely excellent. But I really think it unfortunately gave an opportunity for the JT haters to, to lace into him again. And you discovered who they were. I'm afraid, I think there's no, no coincidence that Garth Crooks was involved, I'm afraid, because uh, um, he thinks a dreadful injustice was made um, over the whole Anton Ferdinand uh, setup. And, you, you know, you've got to admit that, that um, JT has... The oh, answer. that's funny, that. I, I thought it was because he was just a wanker, frankly. But yeah, obviously there's that, something that, else to it. You've got, you've got to admit that JT's got the odd skeleton in his cupboard that he will not be forgiven for. I'll tell you what, you, one thing you could never accuse Garth Crooks of looking like is a skeleton, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
He's had more pies than me, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, he must have the biggest head in football. I mean, let's be honest here. Alan you know, Brazil. Bless him. Oh, there we go. Maybe. Ah, 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 that's true. That's true. I've got to say, I do love listening to Alan Brazil in the morning, even though he winds me up to to uh, to distraction. But it, it, it is just... It, 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 it's one of those things where you can laugh at somebody while listening to them. It really is. Anyway, look, we digress. I think everybody gets the point. Um, Clayton, um, getting aside from all of that nonsense in the in the in the press, uh, much of which is high dudgeon for for no just cause at all. Uh, you and I, I did see you actually yesterday at the game, and so I know you're watching this. But I mean, just how emotional was that? At the end? I mean, I was in tears. I'll be honest. You know, in that speech that JT did, I was in tears, mate. Do you know it's really funny because um, leading up to the game and leading up to it, and, and I've sort of when JT's come on and had little cameos and everybody's gone mad. I've just thought, really, you know, he's just come on and he's played a little thing, and I just thought, no, I can't see this. You know, he's been a great player and all this, that, and the other. When he <laughs> I wasn't really thinking about it yesterday when I saw him on the screen in the tunnel before he came out I got goosebumps and I just thought oh actually no this is a bit special and I did I I was very moved by it yesterday Um, I think it's a wonderful thing you know that happened yesterday Um, I entirely entirely understand why there was the reaction there was. Football's tribal. It, there's no way around it. You know, the, the fact is, did we all love Gary Neville? No, of course we didn't. Did we love Slippy G? No, of course we didn't. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I was thinking back, Slippy G, there was about a week of build-up, wasn't there, to his last game, and there was uh, there were programmes on TV. There was a whole year, Clayton. There was a whole year well, of it. What, whatever it was, he, he hasn't got anything, you know, JT's got what he's got. And sadly, we just have to accept that that's what it is. And it's sort of, I don't know, if it, I, there's loads of reasons and, and let's not go into any of them. But but the fact is, I, my only, the only downside, I think, um, was that it detracted from us, i.e. the club. And that was sort of inevitable. Um, and this morning, you know, the papers are full of the farce at JT rather than this is the club that has broken its own record in the terms of Premier League wins. You know, 30 out of 38. Bloody marvellous. And it's all been a bit lost in, in that. And I, I feel slightly sad about that. I mean, yesterday was brilliant. I'm so privileged to have been there. I was so lucky to have seen it. Listen, whether you agree with what we did or not, I don't know. But it was very emotional. And, and sort of seeing him choking up at the end was, yeah, it was very sad. I mean, I know a lot of people sort of take the mickey and, and everybody's entitled to their opinion, in my opinion. Great football has gone. I think watching that yesterday, it fills me with a lot of regret that we never had the opportunity, really, certainly Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole knew he was going. We thought we might be, but, you know, to give him that send-off, Petr Cech, Frank Lampard. OK, Lamps is probably only in the same club as JT. But when you look at those players, those players were, were great players, I mean, Didier got a chairlift off with about 10 minutes to go, didn't he, in, in his last game? So, yeah, I, I think it's just a little bit unfortunate. But, um, yeah, very emotional, very emotional. It was, wasn't it? I mean, I, I, I thought it was fantastic. And, 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 and actually, you, you know, 
in a sense, uh, we've kind of righted a wrong in a way because I think we never really... I mean, with Drogba, we managed to see off in good style, but we never got to say goodbye to Frank, and there have been many others, but... We've at least we've been able to do that properly with JT. I feel, and and I and I think that that was really important that we got the chance to do it in in the way that we got to do it yesterday. And I think it was special for us, and I would think it was special for him. And as you guys have just said, do you know what? That's what it was about. You you were not invited, everybody else. So jog on. Um, and I just want to very you know quickly say this before uh, we go to break, and then I'm going to pick up on a lot of the other stuff that I wanted to talk about about JT because we can do that and we should do that because it's probably the best time to do it but um, I didn't realise at this at the time and I'm really upset about this but uh, in gate 17 which as we all know is the best place to sit at Stamford Bridge (coughs) um, we Uh also have we also have this marvellous marvellous steward called Steve known funnily enough as Steve the steward Uh, and I've got to know Steve very well over the 15 or so years that I've been sitting up there and uh, he came to the Chelsea Fancast party, in fact, that we had in uh, 2013. And I didn't, I didn't kind of, I normally see him on the way in and give him a hug, you know, and I didn't see him yesterday. And, I, and, I, and I've subsequently found uh, that it was his last day because he's retiring. And I didn't, I didn't get to see him personally and say goodbye and give him a big hug and, and thank him. And, I, and I'm really distraught about that, actually. But the only way I found this out was because... Uh, Towards the end of the game, and in fact, uh, amazingly, people all around the ground caught up, up on this, but in gate 17, a bloke in a high-vis jacket was seen to be leading fans in choruses of fuck em all and, uh, and then a great, wonderful uh, zigger-zagger. It was, and we all joined, it was Steve, Steve the steward. And the yeah. funniest thing of all was that it was so effective, and I think actually the Matthew Harding Lowe was so shocked that they'd heard... Uh, you know, a noise emanating from, you know, the uh, salubrious Gate 17 area of the ground, that they actually all joined in. The whole Matthew Harding Lower saying, you're getting sacked in the morning to Steve. Well, actually, he was retiring anyway, so tough. But I just wanted to mention that, and, and, I, and I am really gutted that I didn't... I mean, if Steve's listening to the show, and he may well do for all I know, I can't remember. But uh, right, I, I'm really sorry... I know, I'm really sorry, Steve, that I didn't get to say cheerio to you personally. I think you've been... You have been the best steward anybody could hope for there are so many numpty stewards in that ground and you are one of us and you get it and you've been a fantastic bloke and i'm really sorry i didn't get to say goodbye to you personally so hopefully by the medium of the chelsea fan cast somebody will pass on my gratitude to you because you've been a great bloke and enjoy your retirement mate so there you go um i don't really know if there's much for you to add on that chaps unless you particularly like to I just remember hearing that you're getting sacked in the morning and thinking, who who are they talking about? Who's yeah, that? yeah, yeah. And I yeah. saw everybody it, turning and it was all in the corner. I had no idea what was going on. It was it, it, it was, was it was very funny. Yes, it, it was really very was. funny, yeah. and it was all done in the right spirit and and everything like that. And I think it was just a few of us were looking over, going, "Hey, look at that guy!" You know, I mean, he's, cause, and he was fairly close to Rick Glanville. I could make out Rick because Rick was showing his legs off in his summer shorts or whatever. Um, but it was it was a lovely moment. It was just part mm. and parcel of the whole day of lovely moments. Yeah, it was. Well, there you go. On that happy note, uh, we're going to move off to a quick break. Uh, we are going to pick up the uh, the JT stuff after the break, but we've got other stuff to talk about, um, such as uh, Batch UI breaking the record, Cesar Aspilicueta, or somebody, uh, I can't remember who it was, actually. It might have been one of you lot last week, saying, why don't you give me an A? New, this is a new Aspilicueta song. Why don't you give me an A? 
why don't you give me his head? It'll never catch on. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> Cesar and Roman, and we're also going to give a hand to Tebow for winning the Golden Glove. We'll be back in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. I'm Sanford Chidge and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And I'm joined by a fabulous championship cast, a champions winners cast of Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Mr. Tony Grocer Jack UK Glover. Good evening, one and all. What a lovely time to be a Chelsea fan. And isn't it just? And the uh, finally, last but by no means least, Clayton, the goalie 59 Beerman. Hello, champion. And lovely champion to you too. It's been lovely. Right. Um, we didn't quite finish talking about JT and I feel on tonight of all nights, uh, we damn well ought to. Um, and the first thing uh, that I was uh, really wanting to pick up to is if any of us um, can actually put into words uh, just what JT has meant to this club. I'm going to start with Jonathan um, because I feel as, you know, age begets that honour. <laughs> well, you could talk about it in the same uh, breath as Ron Harris, um, uh, connectivity of the whole thing. Um, and obviously a much better player than Ron Harris, but a very different era and a different type of player. Obviously, I don't think he's um, as good a comedian, though. No, no. I think I think Ron's got better, though, actually. I think they all get he has, better. Hasn't he? He's he told the same jokes long enough, though, Jonathan. He's told yeah, the same jokes long enough. He's, he's now practised at it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They know, and they 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 like they like stand-up comedians, aren't they? I learned a couple of interesting facts about JT this weekend. First of all, he's actually called Nobby. Did you know that? That's no, I did not know that. Yes, oh, Nobby. no way. Yep. And Why? He hates, he hates it. He's been called Nobby since he was little, and he hates it. He doesn't want to be called that. So if you call him Nobby, he'll pay no attention to you. But that's he'll his probably nickname. punch you. Yeah, probably would. He would. Um, and also, uh, the club offered him another year. And he turned it down. No way. Information. Wait, yes, wait. yes, yes, yes. And um, I have my sources. And uh, uh, thirdly, um, he doesn't want to, doesn't want to go to China. Um, he doesn't want to go to. Uh, um, he's not sure he wants to play anymore because uh, he's got all his badges and he might retire and uh, and take up a co- coaching post somewhere. Um, mm. But. Uh, yeah, that's because um, that's because, uh, as I say, I have my sources. Um, uh, people know Which you can't reveal. Yeah. You can't reveal your sources, obviously, uh, can you? Uh, well, it's, I think it's not a good idea if, if he then signs for China and then says that he wasn't offered anything by the club. I think it's probably a good idea. I don't. Yeah, you, uh, you have you have plausible deniability now, JK. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like it's like 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 Sean Spicer last week from our American listeners. I'm not going to get political here, but they issued a classic non non denial denial, didn't they? It reminded <laughs> me of the old denial, Watergate. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the expletive deletives. If you um, call him Nobby and he says, how did you know that? He doesn't know. He says, what are you talking about? So I, I have my sources, you say. That's every time, every time. Um, but no, I mean, but wonderful. Completely, you know, a wonderful um, 
it's the connection. It's the fact that we've also followed him since he was little. It's the fact that he's he's and he's become a great player in front of our eyes. It's you can't help but being emotional about that. It's you've seen him over the years. He's grown with you. And as a supporter, you absolutely love that. You love the the fidelity, if you like, the faithfulness of him keeping with the same club. It's absolutely phenomenal and so rare. But you love it. And the fact also that he just got better and better and better. And the fact that then this year he 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 decides to sit it out and does what it, what what uh, whatever the manager wants because he he thinks the manager is so good. I mean he, that is something to be to be praised for this last year. No fuss, nothing. Got on with it. Great figurehead within the club. Unbelievably encouraging. All the stories that come out about him encouraging youngsters and even youngsters no longer with the club. And you can see the affection that players have for him, particularly those who used to play for the club who happened to like you know even. Bamford went up that and, and as a as a uh, um, comes back and has a uh, an embrace from him. They're all they're all clued into him as being this this great figurehead. He's been um, phenomenal for the club, and we 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 always this is one of the reasons we hope that somebody comes through because we want to embrace that. We want to see them, you know, before our eyes growing and becoming a, a great player. The fact that the fact that he he, he didn't cap, carry on captaining England, but was always a blow for me because I thought no, he's a, he's he is the best player in England, the centre-half, best centre-half in England. He should be captaining England to, to trophies in the same way he's done with Chelsea. But, you know, and so in, in, even when in the end I just, he, he announced his retirement, you went with it, didn't you? Because you just thought, well, yeah, I don't think he's been treated very well. But I, 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 I meant from, uh, from England. But I, 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 I so wanted him then to be a, a further figurehead for the English team. Because mm. then he, he, he ticks all the boxes. You know, he's... he's He's achieved everything for us. He's somebody that you've thought, right, he's a boy, he's now matured, he's now, you know, they've, they've, they've won, winning all these trophies, he, he's the figurehead of the team. It, it, it's just, a, it, it was, it, he was somebody to, to, to go with for 20 years. And, and we really do want uh, another one. And, I, and Jonathan, actually, I think that's a, re, a, that, that's a great point. And for me, if, I, if you don't mind me just butting in, because I think it, it no, segues it quite, quite nicely from what you're talking about. And, I, cause I, and the reason I bring this up now is I was talking to a few of the lads in the pub about this, uh, and, and, and what is so unique about him is that he is the last of his kind, not just for Chelsea, I think for any, any major Premier League football club, we will never see a player like him who has grown up through the ranks, who has played for 20 years, who has reached the pinnacle of the sport, captaining his country, who has won everything there is to win. It will not happen again. I am convinced of that. And and he is to be cherished. And I think yesterday's moment for me was very much about that, that we will not see his like again, not just at Chelsea, but I think, you know, pretty much any other club, Tony. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've, we've spoken before about this on the on the fan cast, about the word legend being banded around and, you know, probably, probably a bit too loosely. Um, you know, I... I've had my issues with JC over the years. You know, I, I think uh, in in some cases there's, there's, there is often a little bit of the uh, no smoke without fire. But, you know, every one of us could probably look back over our lives and find stuff that we did that we regret, um, that we move on for, that we have genuinely apologetic for. Um, and, I, and I'm still, you know... I, it's difficult because I found yesterday well, more moving than I expected. You know, I mean, I was I was already you know knocked a bit bandy by seeing Dennis Wise walk out, right? 
because you know there aren't many like him nasty five footers or like me nasty five footers around in the world <laughs> um uh, so for anybody who met me yesterday they'll probably think oh, he was a bit short and you know um but I, I i i do i take all the points here I, th- I think i'm intrigued by what jk has said about the um uh that you know he was offered another year um i, I wonder when you know did he have his um gary neville uh, in the toilets at west brom moment at some point during the year you know where he thought you know what I can't do it at this level anymore, which is why I think he, you know, would have been a, a fundamental part of his decision. Um, yeah. To do it, you know, and 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 so it should be. I think ultimately, you know, I, I'm, I'm reading some of the comments uh, to, to Tim's article in the Guardian. You just can't believe it. And, and one person's just come on and said the Dane wasn't even televised. So what are you all worried about? You know, we had to put up with a year of that rubbish with Stevie G and this game wasn't even televised um, mm. from a John Terry point of view um, I'm with Clayton when he started to walk out the tunnel I found that moving I thought his speech at the end was very good and very very magnanimous to get Steve Holland in at the spotlight um, uh, and turn it away from himself first and to put it onto Roman Abramovich who probably was thinking oh bugger off Johnny you know what I mean um, you know we, we know that he doesn't particularly like publicity um, and I thought it was a fitting end to a fitting career uh, I wish him all the best I think it would be lovely to see him come back in in some capacity later but um, I wonder whether or not the maybe the TV won't sniff around him because of you know um, they may not see him no as I think I, I don't think that's going to happen I think no. actually a point you made a point you made in there Tony has, has appealed to me actually and I think I think you you may have hit the nail on the head, uh, Clayton. That whole idea about the fact that perhaps he feels inside that he can't do it at at the Chelsea level anymore, and maybe maybe that has uh, prompted him, you know, refusing that one year contract. And I and I get the I, I get the impression that actually, if, if Chelsea, um, I get the impression that um, he turned it down because he knew he wouldn't be getting many games, and I think they offered it to him because I think Conte clearly valued his input as as a leader and, and a leader in the dressing room which I think is what he's effectively been very effective at if that's not saying the same thing twice this year so I don't think he was prepared just to do that I think he wanted to play but he can't really play at the Chelsea level would you agree with that Clayton yeah I think um just thinking back over over the fan cast this year I, I was it who did we play at home Gillingham where he got skinned by a, a younger striker and he sort of fell on him and, and got sent off. And I'd sort of pronounce that we'd never see him in a meaningful Chelsea game again. And I think that's that's it. I think he can do a job, but I, I want him to retire. I don't want to see him playing for Bournemouth and stuck on his ass when somebody runs past him, you know, and sort of getting beaten every week. I'm not saying... Bournemouth particularly but just I don't want to see what he's achieved as a footballer tarnished you know the time is right go um, I think you know it's it's unfair to judge him on, on the last couple of games or sorry the, the game in 26 minutes because football's about playing and certainly if you're that age you need to play and you need to be in a rhythm um, and he hasn't looked great, but but that's you know that could be down to that. But I don't I don't want to see him sort of scrambling around the the lower echelons of 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 this you know of, of the Premier League. In some respects, I, I sort of you know if he wants to get into management, I think what would be good um, says he having no knowledge um, 
is is maybe go and play in League One or League Two, you know, as a sort of a player coach, you know, going under the umbrella of a, a manager with experience and, and sort of working his way up because he didn't say it. And I thought yesterday when he said, I will be back. Um, I'll be back. Else, I think somebody else had used that line before. But when oh, he sorry. said that, I'm absolutely <laughs> convinced he was going to say, I'll be back as a manager one day. And he thought, mm, I better not just say that. Yeah, just. you know, yeah. I, I, I thought that when he said that, actually. When mate, he said, I kind I'll of be felt, back, yeah. and I thought, and, and he didn't say it. And I thought, he didn't, well, did he, well no? done yeah. for not saying it. But yeah. I, I very much of that thought. I mean, just going back about what he means to, to, to me or just just a phenomenal player, a tremendous captain. And, and you're 100% right, and I had this conversation yesterday. It's not a question of, of him going from Chelsea. It's a question of his ilk going from football. Certainly in the Premier League, I think maybe in lower divisions, you'll have one club players who are there and, and they're there for the duration. But the Premier League is just morphing into the NFL. You know, you're going to get players coming in for one year, two years, and then go to the, to the next club that offered them the most money. To actually have a one-club player to be with a club their whole career, it's just not going to happen anymore. And, and you look around the Premier League, you know, there's I don't know how long Shawcross has been at, uh, at Stoke, but they're only sort of him and there's maybe Mark Noble. There's only yeah, those sort of guys. I was, I was talking left. about decent. I was talking about decent players, Clay. <laughs> well, I, I was talking about the ilk rather than the quality. I was just comparing, you know, whether there would be one club. Never mind the quality. Feel the width, mate. I know. I, I'm old enough to remember that dreadful program. But yeah, it's. Um, I'd, I'd like him to hang up his boots. To be perfectly honest. All right. I've got a fair point. Anyway, uh, I've got uh, hot off the press. I've got a joke from Andy the fireman. Which, are, uh, if he carries on doing this, I'm going to make a regular feature of the show next season. Uh, what do you call a woman who's trying to get to the front of a crowd? God Jocelyn. Knows. Jocelyn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's up with my ones, that is. <laughs> I know, I thought you'd agree. That's why I thought yeah, I'd read yeah, it yeah. out, because I thought, oh, yeah. Tony's oh, on the show. I, I thought it was He'll love be that. a reference to John Terry. No, no, no. I it was completely it was off Terry subject. Jack. It was off so subject, thinking... off menu. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. We caught you out there, Jay. By the way, nice to have you back with us, JT. Um, JT, JK. Um, got JT on the brain. I've just, I've just, ele- I know. I've just elevated him and promoted him. Yes. Anyway, we want to talk about them. Oh, bless you. Look, we we should talk a little bit about what happened yesterday in the match. Um, I, I'm not, I, I'm not really that bothered about talking about this breaking records, not making terrible ones thing, because we won. 30 games in a season. It's the second best points total to our own record. And I, and, and I, will, I will divert us away from that by way of uh, talking about something weird that happened to me yesterday, which is that for the entire season and for many seasons before this, I have been under the impression that the, 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 the person who owns the season ticket next to me does not exist because it's a very different, random, quite often clearly a tourist sitting next to me. And as I walked into the ground and in, into, the, into the gate 17, I, there's this just random lad who started a couple of conversation with me, which I thought nothing of and just had a bit of chat with him. And I went off and had a pee. And then I sat down and lo, lo and behold, he was sitting next to me. And we, we got talking, you know, and, and he said, oh, well, you know, it's a real shame. I've not really managed to make it much this season because I live up in Leeds. 
you know. And I said, oh yeah. I said, well, how, how did you get the ticket today? He said, oh, well, this is this is my season ticket. And I thought, blame me. This is the first time I've ever met you, and I've been sat here for fifteen years. And 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 anyway, so it was really it was actually really lovely to meet the guy that actually owns the seat next to me. And he actually said to me. Uh, he, he was not impressed by the fact that we were going to break the record. He f- felt it meant, meant nothing, and it was very Arsenal to think that. So there we go. So I'm diverting away from that, because what I'd like to talk about, really, I think is much more exciting from the game, which is, Batch, you are, aha, aha, I like it, aha, aha. The man's on fire. He scored four goals in three games. I thought he scored two crackers yesterday. First things first, JK, um, it's about confidence, isn't it? Well, it looks like it. It looks like mm. it. But once again, once again, a source, <coughs> this source has told me that the problem that he Uh-oh. has... Your is source is a bit saucy tonight. Very saucy. Very saucy. But spelt with an O-U. Um, mm. uh, I don't know. Is um, he called Deep Throat? I we'll call him that, if you like. It might not be a him. With a name like Deep Throat, I hope it's not a woman. I was going to say, you could get yourself in serious trouble there by saying that to a woman. <laughs> yes, yes, you, you could, Chidge, yes. Um, yep. Is that um, apparently one of the problems with him is that unlike Victor Moses, who uh, Conte spent days teaching how to play wing back, and he took it in and, as we saw, had a fantastic season, if you, if you tell Batshuayi what to do, it goes in one ear and goes out the other. So he'll spend a day telling him how to play, um, how he wants him to play, and he'll go, yeah, I've got it, boss, I've got it. And the following day, hasn't remembered any of it at all. And it, it makes for quite frustrating training sessions, as you can understand. But he has d- d- definitely created a conundrum now, hasn't he? Because we'd He's all written talent. him off. And, and I'd even written him off during the game when he came yeah, on. Yeah, I actually yeah. thought, oh, my God. I actually said to the person next to me in a in a long line, a long tradition of of uh, strikers who wander about looking clueless. And I quoted Dave Mitchell, I quoted Joe Allon, I quoted uh, um, Chris Sutton, and uh, lo and behold, he then scored the first first of his goals. I went, oh, okay, he's doing all right. And he then got a fire about him, and I thought, bloody hell, has this created a, a as I said, a conundrum for um, for. Uh, your man next year because the other theory which i think that chat i had with simon johnson at the um at the meeting we had the other day was that he may play 442 of course next season as an option and in which case he would be quite happy to buy lukaku and murata now in which case uh, if that's the case he's going to get rid of batshuai but if batshuai then has given him an option you know, once again, we just don't know what's, what goes on in training. It's this thing. He might score a couple of goals because he's got the confidence, but he was playing against Sunderland, who were the bottom team. So, you know, um, with the... I mean, the actually, you know, JK, on, on that point about training, I think, mate, you are... you are. I mean, I know we, we have said it a lot on this show, to our credit, to be quite honest, but you are spot on. And I, and I don't know if you remember me telling you this. I went down to Cobham years and years and years ago and uh, well not years and years and years ago but a few years ago uh and 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 I watched them train and I watched Torres uh basically what he was doing they was doing that kind of running in from from kind of deep onto a ball pass square to him to wallop it from about 18 20 yards out and sometimes nearer like 10 he missed yeah. every one he 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 every <laughs> i mean out of 30 and I kid you not I sat there and watched this 30 attempts it didn't hit one on target 
and and people wonder why he couldn't score a goal for Toffee, mate. You know, I mean, I talk about a case of the yips. That yeah. was it, you know. And we we don't see that, do we? We don't see what's going on. But I will say this though. I mean, you know, I think Jonathan's point is very is apt, and I remember saying this after the Palace game that I, I, I one of the things I've always judged strikers on Tony is is, is their movement and you know where they make their runs. And I, I watched him when he came on when we were away at Palace, and uh, I think he went on for Costa. And you know Costa's runs off the ball were those of an experienced and an intelligent striker who knows what he's doing. And Batshuayi's was that of a headless chicken. But having said that. I thought he he put away those goals yesterday like a striker in form, you know. And I and what one thing I've learned from doing this show with Kerry, he he'd be the first to be jumping right down our throats at the moment, saying, "Yeah, but how many goals did he score?" You know, yeah. that's what yeah. strikers do. They're there to score goals. Bollocks to you running about and doing this. It's all about that, sticking the ball in the back of the net. Tony, what do you? Tony, what do you? I just wanted to say quickly that was the criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah go on, go on, mate. The sixties that Greaves had. I remember. I actually remember this piece of information. Weird. It must have been about six, and some bloke just going on about how dreadful Greaves was. He said he doesn't do anything. He just stands about. He doesn't get it. He scored four goals in that game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Did, you're exactly. absolutely right. And this is why I think it's created a conundrum because he's not an idiot. Obviously, we know that Conte is an idiot. He's going to look and go, "Uh oh." If you get the confidence back, you know. But once again, you've got to put it into context. You know, it is. It's Sunderland, but he scored the great goal against West Brom. You know, bloody hell, yep. God, that counts. Sorry, I, sorry. I, I'm, I, I'm, you know, I could. There's three or four other people you could mention um, who did sod all else off the ball, but were still great strikers. Gary Lineker was one. Carl Heinz Rummenigger was another who scored everything. So as far as I recall, from pretty much within the six-yard box. Gert uh, Muller. Yeah, Gert Muller. Oh, the bomber. The bomber. George Best used to stroll around the pitch, basically having a fag and a drink, and then pop up with five minutes of magic. And so I don't. Whilst I get that, and I think the modern day striker, you, I, I've got um, I've got a, a load of videos off of um, Ramsey, who very kindly gave me a USB stick full of old Chelsea videos um, for when I'm uh, uh, when I'm incapacitated after I've had my shoulders sorted out. Um, that's the not, not after being in the cock tavern then. Well, that, that as well, I should imagine. <laughs> uh, but that's the kind of people we have and the kind of people we have in, in our community. But um, I watched uh, some stuff today and, and to see Didier Drogba in full flow at his pomp and his, you know, his absolute best. And yes, there was loads of stuff he was doing off the ball. And if he wasn't scoring goals, he was feeding them to an Elka striker to striker, um, knowing where they'd be. And I think it's a bit horses for courses, this one. Um, Batshuayi, uh, you know, I... I <laughs> Equally, with Costa's runs off the ball, I have seen Costa lollop around a pitch like he just didn't want to be there this season at points. Okay, so, you know, I don't think he's the prime example to hold up of the person that's always going to be up for it. Drogba, there are times when I would be shouting, get him off, because he doesn't want to be there in that game. Apologies, you know that's what, my mate? doorbell. That's, that's probably my no, no. The fact is, at the end of the day, Batshuayi has come into a bit of confidence. Irrespective <coughs> of whether it's West Brom, Middlesbrough, uh, Sunderland or whatever he's facing. And maybe that's what he needed. Maybe he needed some, you know, some straw men to, to dribble around and, and, and score some great goals or whatever. But ultimately, <coughs> I think he's been... I've seen it coming on. Uh, I always thought, you know, let, we, we are a great club for... Um, for writing people off after a year, 
you know, they didn't do it after years, so get rid of them, sling them out on loan. Mm. Um, I think this boy's got something about him, and he's certainly he's not got talent. confidence in the last few days. You can see no, it in his face, you know. He's so got I'm, he's I'm, got I'm, talent. I'm, Yes. He's, yeah, yeah there's, there's no... I mean, the one thing I wonder, and I think Clayton may well be able to answer this because I'm going to ask him in a sec, but uh, a lot of people were... Uh, you know, there's been a lot of chatter about, well, you know, he's on fire. You know, he scored four goals in three games. Costa's been stinking the place out a little bit. Maybe we should start him in the in the cup on Sunday or Saturday, next Saturday. Personally, I, I would, would say no. You start Costa because I think he scares the shit out of Arsenal. But we're going to talk about Arsenal in part three, so let's not get into that too much. But... Um, before you do that, before you answer that question, Clayton, in a, in a sense, I want, wanted to add that Tony, I used to run around the match having a fag, but I was rubbish. <laughs> Me too, mate. It's true. Too, it's true. I used to run around having yeah, a fag. It, but anyway. There was a stronger point there about the fact that I think we read too much into strikers, what they do off the ball, when some yeah. of the greatest ones that we've ever lived through and we we you know that we've seen um were you know lazy bastards but were absolute assassins when it came to scoring mm. goals so clayton clayton what thanks tony clayton what, what do you think mate i mean you know is he is he is he put a question in conte's head about whether he might get a start next sunday or, or saturday even or no. uh or, or is, is no 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 Ab- the famous clayton beerman no i love it ab- absolutely <laughs> absolutely not um i'm absolutely delighted for Batshuayi. i really am because again he's another guy who's sat on the bench a bit like sesk um and his attitude has been exemplary i mean he's he's been i won't say he's been treated badly but there was that one dreadful game where he came on for about 10 seconds and he then walked off and he was completely inconsolable. But, you know, the thing is that when you see... I mean, we're a happy side at the moment for obvious reasons. But when you see him score, and when he scored against West Brom, and when he scored against Watford, how many... I mean, the West Brom game is unique, obviously, because it won the title. But the players yesterday and against Watford, they absolutely mobbed him. They were delighted for him. And if you look at some, I mean, you know, the, I know the game was insignificant um, yesterday and, and on Monday. But a lot of our players spent a lot of time trying to feed the ball to him. Doing things rather than trying to score themselves, they were trying to create something for him to score. I think he's really liked. I think he's got talent. I mean, we've seen that. I, I don't care who's on the pitch. You've still got to score a goal. I mean, you know, we're talking, it's only Sunderland. I mean, what did Diego do yesterday? You know, it's it's just, he's he's got something about him. But the most important thing that just hasn't been mentioned is he's 23. So I know that people have said we paid 30 million for him. And if he's 30 million, he should be, 30, you know, he should be able to walk straight in and be great. It's a different league. You know, some people, some people react, some people don't. Didier's first six months at the club weren't anything special. Um, and he played all the time, whereas this kid's not played at all. Um, I don't know whether I'd say I'd be happy for him to go out on loan. I really don't want us to sell him because I think he could be something special. There's a there's a lot of Belgians at the club, and and that that's that's good for to allow him to settle in. And the other thing is, and and I think Tony alluded to it about playing two up front. No, I did. next year. I did. Oh, sorry, I did. Jonathan. Thank um, you. <laughs> is the fact that that's what he's used to doing. He's not a lone striker. He plays in a two. And a couple of times at the beginning of the season, if you remember when he came on and played with um, 
with Costa against Watford. They look they look good together. They really did. So I think that's possibly one of the reasons why they might keep him. But they might think, look, you know, he needs games. Uh, we'll send him out on loan. Um, I incidentally um, heard exactly the same thing about um, his training and the fact that it was it, he'd be brilliant one day in training and then the next day he'd be like it just walked in for the first time. So, so does that does that mean does that mean you're talking to Deep Throat as well? God, I don't I don't know I know I know who told me that um, you're, you're two timing them. You're two timing it with Jonathan, mate. This is outrageous. I, this I is shall, breaking I news. Shall, I shall I shall speak to J.K. and we shall compare our sources. But no, Listen, I mean, Clayton, they, Clayton, Clayton, yeah. Clayton. Talk, talking of Belgians, I I, I want to squeeze this in because we're desperately running out of time in this part. But I cannot I cannot pass up this opportunity with you with you goalie fifty nine on the show. Please, 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 tell me how you feel about about Thibaut getting the Golden Glove. Which basically, oh. for everybody who doesn't know what it is, is for conceding the least goals in the in the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's most clean sheets, and um, it's not conceding the least amount of goals. It's most clean sheets. Most clean sheets. Thank you for correcting me. You're very welcome. Um, I'm absolutely delighted. I mean, obviously delighted because he beat Lloris. So that 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 sort of adds, uh, <laughs> goes without saying, that, that doesn't it? Entertainment <laughs> and value, um, whatever. I'm I'm really glad he had a shit year last year. Um, people writing him off, paying his taxi fare at the beginning of the season to take him to the airport. Because if you remember, after the Arsenal game when we lost three nil, his shots to saves ratio was was awful, and people were just writing him off. And I thought, no, he's 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 good. You know, he's a good goalkeeper, and and we're too quick to to sort of get rid of people. And what I've been absolutely delighted with, and I think it's part of the whole Conte mentality, is something happened midway through the season and he started engaging with the crowd. He started, you know, pumping his fists and, and, and you could see that he was excited by what was going on. And it might be during the, the run where he had, was it 19 sheets in a row? But he's been a massive, massive um, player in, the, in this side. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. I just want to wrap up very quickly because we, you know, we're on to half an hour for this part, and I do need to move on. But I, I cannot, I cannot let this go. It being it's the last game of the season at Stamford Bridge without a, a fantastic uh, honour, uh, roll of honour, a roll call for those with whom we have gone into drinking battle with. And I have to say, it was a fabulous, fabulous atmosphere uh, afterwards in the Finborough uh, last night. We went to the Finborough, and I have to say. I have to say on air as well, a special shout-out must go to the Cock Tavern. We didn't go there afterwards. We elected to go to the Finn. But I know a lot of my lot who normally go to the Rose went to the Cock. And apparently the Cock were fantastic, incredibly welcoming. Let everybody have a party, basically. And as did the Finborough. They were brilliant too. But I think it's a really lovely thing. And I think shame on the Rose. Shame on you for being a badly organised pub and a bunch of party poopers. And I'm not going to be going there next season. What happened? So, ha. Oh, well, apparently they were... I don't know, I wasn't there, Clayton. They shut the bar, did they, Tony? They shut the bar, yes. So, um, I think you all know Blue Baby, uh, Theresa, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, They they shut the bar at 7.45 on the basis that it was too rowdy, too crowded, and there was too much singing going on. 
So they basically shut the bar and said, that's yeah. you, bugger off. Um, uh, <clears throat> and, and that was the end of it. And, of course, quite a lot of people got, um, as you can understand, I mean, uh, I know it's a popular post-match venue. I didn't go there. Not anymore. I it be better. But, yeah, that's what they did. Um, and to, um, ba- you know, Blue Baby, Ter- Teresa was most upset about it, um, and rightfully so. It, you know, they're a pub within... You know, four or five hundred yards of Chelsea Football Club. You know, the, 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 we've, we've done our parades up the King's Road, down the road from They've made good money out of it. So to turn around and be that kind of curmudgeonly about it or killjoyish about it, like you said, it won't be, you know, anybody with any sense will just give it a wide berth next year. There's plenty of other well, good clubs. And as you know, the cock is a, a lovely place to meet people. Well, not, not that, I mean, we have uh, as much power as perhaps I'd like to think, but... Uh, we do have on our website, ChelseaFanCast.com, there is, a, there is a bit on there which says, who are the Chelsea fancast? And there's a section under that saying, we're on the booze, funnily enough. And it has a little kind of minute guide to all the pubs that we like to drink in. And at the moment, we've got the Cock there, the Rose, the Tommy Tucker, the Finborough Arms, the Atlas, the Chelsea Pensioner and the Butcher's Hook. And they all get a mention with a little what I think of them and a link to them and the direction. So particularly for our American friends who, you know, quite often come over and want to have a drink with us, they know how to get there. Well, I can tell you that as of tomorrow or even maybe tonight, I am removing the rose from our website. Because if you've got an attitude like that, you can just basically sling your hook, mate. Because we're going to the Fimber, or I am next year, because it was great last night, wasn't it, Tony? I'm going to have a quick quick roll call of people in there. Sorry, and then yeah, you can no, yeah, a quick roll call of people, and you, you can you can give us the lowdown on how much fun it was. But it was lovely to see Andy Silverman, Rayman from OC Hooligans, Nicky Davison from the New York Blues, Luke from Brisbane Blues in Australia. Fantastic meeting Luke this weekend. It really was. Sue Jean on Twitter or ESJ from uh, from LA. She's lovely. Tony was there with me. Smithy, who we had on the show on the Eddie Mac uh, interview the other week. Uh, Dan Silves was there, Pablo Stew, Dazza Mantle, all the old podcasters, uh, Pete the Oxford Drinking Machine, Dan Levine and Simon Johnson from the uh, from the Evening Standard, he was there, which is fantastic, Oleg and Tom, who were regulars uh, on the fancast years ago, Tommy Grove, another one, Johnny T, my, my favourite, favourite human being in the world, Johnny T was there, but I do have to mention these three uh, reprobates. Okay, pausing for dramatic effect, who basically came up to me and bestowed upon us more love about the fan cast than I have ever heard before, and Ed in particular pouring more alcohol down my face than I've had before. But Ed, Aaron and Elliot, who were absolute nutters and were hilarious and fantastic, and I've got to say to you three particularly, you were so entertaining, but most of all, thank you for your very kind comments to, to the show and us in general. They were brilliant. But it was great, wasn't it, Tony? Oh, it was it was superb. And to be fair to Fimbra, uh, the service was good. The beer was good. Uh, there were no objections uh, to any singing that went on outside, especially when that poor soul with the Arsenal shirt walked up the road. <laughs> I forgot um, about that. I forgot about that. He was greeted with a, a roaring uh, a rendition of Arsene Wenger, We Want You to Stay. Um, and he, if I've never... If, the word sheepish could have been invented for his face, couldn't it, Chidge? It was just so funny. Um, it was really funny. But it was it was a great atmosphere there as well. Uh, and you know what? You know, just while you do, I, I met Russ from uh, the, the from the Melbourne Blues, I think, um, uh, chatting with Luke. And Russ turned up with the biggest pizza I've ever seen and was basically dishing out to people. Um, no way. 
Yeah, yeah, and I, it was just fantastic. Um, Luke gave me a, a little key ring, which is a, a kind of membership uh, bottle opener. Um, yeah, I so, got one of those. Yeah, and he, he, you know, these, these people think about it, and I think this is where we, we found it with the the podding shed to a much lesser degree, but the the, the impact that the doing stuff like this has on people who can't get to every game, who are remote fans, you know, through through location, through uh, for whatever reasons, you know, it could be money or whatever. To meet that crowd there yesterday, and I walked up with Johnny T, and I'm like you, the, the bloke is bloody fantastic. He's such yeah. a lovely fella. But everybody that was there, you know, uh, like you said, Stu, uh, Pablo, uh, Smithy, who I've never met before, and I had a oh, great yeah. chat with him. Uh, but meeting Nicky Davidson and Andy Silverman, you know, these are, and Dan Levine, everyone was stunned. Yeah. I'd never met him before. Yeah. So it was really, really great. Uh, and the Fimbra has, has ratted itself back up as a, as a, a pre and post game venue, I think. Well, def cock pre Fimbra post. I'm up right, for that. I just, but I... just very quickly tell you, I, I've just read um, that uh, what, what blue baby, what Teresa actually put up on there was, um, they shut that. They announced they were stopping serving and closing the bar for an hour at seven forty-five in the rows because people were singing. There yeah. you go. Well, they well, fuck go. off. That's it. I'm not going back there again. We it's just no to, point. Chidge, we got thrown out of the bridge. Got thrown out of uh, hospitality. Did you? Well, yeah. there you go. It's run by this. Clearly run by the same people, mate. Yeah, for, <laughs> for, for clearly for enjoying ourselves too much. Yeah, fun police, mate. But then we went down, went down to the side of the ground, and they wouldn't let us go past um, the east stand. They said, "Oh no, there's a there's a private function taking place," and uh, and and they asked us. We were told to then walk all the way around the other side of the ground. And well, I mean, somebody somebody feigned a a bad leg. I thought these middle aged people um, wandering around. We're not going to do anything at this this event. And and the bloke called security. And we were all escorted out of the ground um, by a group of, of people who looked like SWAT people. I thought had guns. It was a very peculiar time. And I thought, why are they doing this, given that, you know, it's just been such a joyous occasion? But it is it when in doubt, there's always somebody who's going to rain on your parade. There's always somebody. Yeah. Is that was a JT situation. They're always going to have a go. Somebody always doesn't like you enjoying yourself. That's always what I always think. Well, there you go. Um, as I said, you know, we won't be going back to the Rose next year and I'll take them off the website, but the Fimber is now back in my good books and I'm sorry that I left you. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, we really we really must... I'm sorry, Clayton, too, because we haven't got you in on this, but I must, we must go to the next part. Um, but there's just a very quick plug before we do. Uh, obviously, uh, we're, we're a couple more Kerry Dixon shows left. Uh, the next one I'll be doing with The Great Man on Thursday, uh, so make sure you download it via Acast, iTunes and SoundCloud. Obviously, we'll be talking about uh, you know, the Sunderland game, the JT stuff, and obviously we'll be looking forward to the, uh, the, the FA Cup final against Arsenal, which will be great fun. Now, talking of which, after the break, we're going to be doing exactly that. We're going to look forward to next uh, weekend's FA Cup final, which I think very fitting, really, tonight that we've got these four, us four reprobates in here, because we're all... You know, old enough, I think, to really love the FA Cup like proper Chelsea fans do. Uh, but also, uh, funnily enough, and actually this is a great segue, Jonathan, you know, because we, we, we're going to talk about um, the Saturday night's book launch um, for the Eddie McCready book. And, of course, what that was really celebrating was the return of Eddie McCready, which nobody expected uh, for the first time he's been back to Stamford Bridge in 40 years. And, of course, the last time Eddie was here, 
we had just won promotion to the first division and Eddie was wandering, wandering onto the pitch at Stamford Bridge shouting at the Chelsea fans to get off the pitch. So, you know, we, we had, it was a different time then, wasn't it? You know, I mean, they, they were having a go at a few middle-aged men for trying to walk around the back of the East Stand. 40 years ago, you would have been running on the pitch. You know, yeah, they should be thankful for small mercies. We were working out, actually, after some of the stewards that they employed. You just look as if you actually ran on the pitch. They wouldn't be able to get anywhere near you, some of these people. We were, we were working out. There was a hole where I was standing. I was saying to the bloke next to me, if we can listen, if I can just flip forward now on the, and do a kind of forward roll on the bar and I bounce off somebody downstairs, I bet you I could get through that spot and get to the centre circle without anybody getting, because they just don't, they look so unlikely to sprint after you. And he said, yeah, there's the dreadlock bloke down there, though he looked pretty athletic. I said, yeah, Oh, I've right. seen him, yeah. He, he comes in when, they, when there's extra extra muscle needed, I think. Anyway, we must go yes. to the break, Jonathan. We'll be back to talk about Eddie Mack and Arsenal in a sec. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Cheech, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, it's a great, joyous evening tonight because we're champions again. Um, we've kind of done all of, all of that. We're going to talk a little bit now about uh, something that happened on Saturday. Uh, which uh, I, I know you lot know about because, of course, we did an interview with Smithy and Mark Meehan, who are two of the authors of the Eddie Mac, Eddie Mac book. Um, what we didn't know, though, was that um, Eddie McCready, of course, who the book is about, 
And of course, you know, hasn't he left pretty much right after he didn't get his contract renewed in 1977, having uh, taken us back up to Division One. He then went to live in, in in the states, and he has not been back since. But blime, blimey, Dave Johnson pulled off the coup of the decade, the century. He managed to persuade Eddie McCready to come back. And we didn't know that until we turned up to the do, and then suddenly there's Eddie Mack there. Uh, and, and I've got to say, just a very quick one, Jonathan, and then we'll have a general chat about it. But um, it was I have to say, it's, it's the best Chelsea do I have ever been to by a mile. It was at Under the Bridge, which is a fantastic venue. It really, really is. My old mate Jason Cundy uh, hosted it, uh, and he was, he was brilliant, I have to say. I, I've, I've clearly taught him well. No, joke, joking only, Jace. But no, I mean, he was really brilliant. It's a tough, tough gig, that, and he held it together well. They had the Chels doing a, a live podcast there. Really tough gig for them. I felt really, I really felt for those guys, but I thought they were great. Um, uh, they had Hugh, who deals with the Stanford Re- Redevelopment. Um, I did a, a, a piece about the trust, a bit of a Q&A with Jason. But, you know, we were merely the warm-up acts to, to what were a brilliant. I mean, we had Eddie Mac there, as I said, but, I mean, he had pretty much the entire squad there from those days. Um, Jonathan and I worked it out together. So if I've missed anybody, Jonathan, you know, do butt in. But I, I, I reckon it was Super Jock, uh, yeah. Super Jock Finiston, Brian Basson, Clive Walker, Gary Stanley, Ken Shelleto, Chopper, Kenny Swain, Steve Wicks, Tommy Langley, David Hay, Teddy Maybank, and John Sparrow. And there's yes. one guy that I can't remember who it was. I don't know who it was. But that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, was it, was it Basson who broke his leg? Yeah, well, that's it. He, he was, was, emo- was so yeah. emo... I mean, that's the thing, isn't it, Jonathan? I mean, you know, just there was that, there was that moment, wasn't there, when um, Eddie Mack was talking about uh, Brian Mears going over to track oh. him down in the States. Oh. And, and and basically beg his forgiveness for letting him go, and 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 the entire evening had been quite raucous. You got like two hundred odd, maybe more Chelsea supporters in there. Who, as we all know, we like a drink or three, and we don't hold back with comments. So you know there was quite a lot of hubbub going on whilst it was all the interviews were going on. But I'll tell you what, at that moment you could not hear a pin drop, and there were people in tears. Jonathan, weren't there? But I didn't get up to. I didn't think it. I thought it was deeper than that. I think don't think he wanted forgiveness for letting him go. I, he, there was something else because he he just wouldn't tell us what it was all about. There are bits in the well, book, obviously, but but he, I just didn't get. I got the impression there was something deeper because for somebody to go to America and just all he wants is forgiveness. He never said it was forgiveness for letting him go. He just said it was forgiveness. So you wonder what what huge thing was going on. I just I'm yeah. he was he was so keen not to reveal anything. But as you say, it was a very emotional moment, particularly since um, uh, the, the whole of Chelsea's history would have been changed if he'd been manager because he was playing this this completely different series of tactics. He wasn't playing four four two. He wasn't playing four three four. He was playing with the the two up and the one behind, which was a really advanced piece of uh, uh, of tactical genius at the time, which got them promoted. And um, uh, and and he wasn't. Well, I mean, it's the team. whole the whole wing backs thing, wasn't it, J.K.? Yeah. That's what yeah, he was taught. And the, the diamond formation. Yeah, they were the first wing backs to be to be created, and he did it. And it wasn't given a chance to 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 reach fruition. And and the whole history of the club would have been absolutely different because he'd have had the same excellent players um, 
And it, it was never the same. They couldn't make them. They couldn't gel them into the same team after that, despite being the same players. But no, it was a mm. fabulous evening. And uh, as you say, under the bridge, it's just you're right on top of everybody. Um, and uh, it was it. And once again, it was difficult because you've got to keep everybody's attention um, because these little pockets of chat were uh, start being created. You really have to be on top of it. But he was a he was fantastic himself. A great sense of humour, Eddie McCready. What was that lovely gag he kept doing? He said uh, uh, when 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 Jason said, "Of course, there's your um, there's your friend." Uh, uh, your friend Ken Cellato was uh, was working with you. He said, "Aye, but uh, I don't like him. I don't like him." Just constant, <laughs> constant gag about everybody was. Uh, and he mentioned, who did he mentioned this Ron Harry? He said, "Aye, I don't like Ron either." He said, "Aye." <laughs> just nonstop of uh, just being, just being amidst amidst the. You could see the emotion. There was this, um, there's the, a, a really comical man. And the other big thing he said um, was how he. he didn't like Tommy Doherty at all because of his ability to humiliate people, which he said he never, ever did as a manager. All he was there for was encouragement. And you could see that it, 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 he was a very sweet man and it came out, it oozed from him that he was, he was clearly a, a lovely guy. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons why everybody was very willing to, to play for him. I think in the same way that that you can see a, pa a similarity with Antonio. He's clearly um, a very hard worker, and uh, but a, a lovely guy at the same time, willing to di discuss things with people as to why things weren't working. But he, what he loved about Ron, if you remember, was he said that he didn't play Ron in that year, and in the same way with JT, Ron didn't once go in, didn't go in and complain about it. He accepted that he wasn't being picked, and he loved that about Ron Harris. He said. Which that was, was do you a, know what? A, a yeah, that, it wasn't it. Just Tony, you need to go on mute because I can hear you typing. Um, it was uh, it was a very interesting point, wasn't it? Because that parallel between Ronnie and uh, Ron Harris, Ron Harris was was very very apt. I thought that other thing, mate. I mean, I you're, I agree with you entirely. I think that whole idea about Eddie clearly being a great man manager came shining through, and of course, he'd brought all of these kids into the team. And had given them a chance, but that the mutual love and respect they had for each other was shining through on that oh. stage. Oh. But the other thing that he said that he wasn't scared to make harsh decisions. I mean, Ron Harris was one of them. Uh, Teddy Maybank was another. We'll we'll talk about Teddy in a sec because Teddy deserves a show on his own. I think. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, Eddie Eddie McCready. The other thing that just I mean, it was just, it was so people. I I cannot begin to uh, you know convey to you how emotional this all was the emotion in that room you could have cut it with a knife there were many moments when you were almost in tears and um you know eddie uh basically his love for this club is just it's just bewildering how much he loves this club but i mean he said that every decision that he made some of them were you know quite harsh to some of the players but it was always done with the best interest of the club at heart and you just thought well what an amazing man didn't you jk yeah, those lovely stories at the beginning when he, he didn't think he was good enough. He was constantly worried. Yeah, he didn't understand yeah. why he'd been brought from uh, East Stirlingshire to play. Was it 5,000 quid he cost? And, yeah. um, and he kept thinking, I can't do it. What am I doing with all these great players? I'm not, I'm not up to scratch. And then and he was sitting, was that when he was actually selected for the first time, um, and he was sitting there just thinking, oh, well, you know, I might be able to, I might get in in a couple of years, a couple of years time. And suddenly he's on the team sheet 
and, uh, and he said also he, he was he was um, he loved the way that he was accepted within the club as well. He loved the way that everybody. So obviously he was such a nice guy. Everybody could see that as well as being a good player. So everybody was willing to help him. He didn't feel ostracised. He didn't feel that he wasn't um, uh, he wasn't being allowed to express himself. And uh, so obviously then he just got better and better um, mm. and became one of the great Chelsea players. And, and weirdly, I remember the Leicester City goal, the uh, the goal that he scored against Leicester City, the three-two. I remember it. I don't know why I do, but I were, do. You, were you there? Did you, you saw it live? Oh God, I can't remember. Chidge, if I was, I must have been. If I can remember the goal, I must have been. There's, there's things I can't. You know, you just think. Did my dad take me? My dad must have taken me. He used to go to the odd evening game like that. Because he pretty um, much ran the length of the pitch, didn't he? And yes, scored. he did. He did. Yeah, just from outside of the penalty area. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember him just toe poking it in past Gordon Banks. What was he said? He said, and I loved it because it was another Englishman. I hate Englishmen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I forgot that. Listen, mate. There was another. There was a, there was another thing that was utterly hilarious, which is, you know, basically all of the players. Um, you know, we were all in the main kind of, uh, you know, arena of under the bridge, um, and uh, the uh, the players were like in their own little dressing room. And clearly having their own party, and and clearly quite a few of them were on the on the piss. Anyway, Teddy Maybank clearly uh, was enjoying the party massively, and the, he basically grabbed the mic away from Jason Cundy at one point and had a go at Eddie for getting rid of him. Um, but anyway, Teddy was like a recurring theme throughout the night, and clearly this man is just so much fun. Loves. I mean, the other thing I would say is all the players pretty much spoke, didn't they, Jonathan? And they're their love for Chelsea shone through, but their love for each other, the bond that they have with each other shone through. But Teddy was hilarious. And I, I should just say, because, I mean, we, we could waffle on, and I'm conscious of the fact that poor old Tony and Clayton have another look in, Jonathan. But, um, you know, a- after I did my little piece on the trust, it kind of freed me up to have a drink or 10, which, of course, I did. Uh, and uh, and I ended up uh, in the butcher's hook with uh, Andy Ray, Rayman from uh, the OC Hooligans, and Dan Levine, and the wonderful Martin Wickham, um, without whom I should never ever be without at a party or a drinking event. And we walked into the Butcher's Hook, uh, which is the only place open, and of course uh, half of the players were in there on the lash. And, and I had that moment of clarity that you, you only very rarely get. And I just looked at these players, and I, just, I, and I said it to them. I, can't, I think it might have been Gary Stanley. I said, I said, I, said, I can't believe it. I said, you're basically like, you're, you're worse than us. You're like us, but you're worse. You, 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 the bond that you have... <laughs> With each other, it's it's like watching a mirror, and you love a drink. I said, I it, I said that's that's a bizarrely Chelsea thing, and I said I'm I'm just sitting here in awe and and, and and admiration at you all. Actually, not because you were great players and I love to watch you, but because actually you're basically us, and and it's just beautiful to see really. And there was there was a real sense of that in the room, wasn't there, Jonathan? Actually, not just the pub, yeah. but in the in the room as a whole. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, it was a brilliant occasion, and. Um, uh, and I, I, I just found myself, it's the joy of, of seeing once again people that you've grown up with and that you've you've somehow gone through the same trials and tribulations as them, even though they're, you know, you're not on the pitch with them because you are really, uh, you, you want to be on the pitch with them and you're kicking every ball with them. So you think, you almost think they're your pals. You want them to be your pals. You know, I wanted to go up to every one of them and said, oh my God, you the joy you've given me, oh God. But you know, I was feel I'm going to be terribly embarrassing, so I don't. I just get a bit. Um, I want to gush, you know. Yeah, oh, I know what you mean. So I, I tend to, uh, I tend to sit back and then, 
can say the odd platitude, but yeah. But did you did you ask them, um, uh, Chidge? Did you say to them about anything about? Um, did you say you know what what uh, what had it been like? Did you did you question any of them when you? No, saw them? mate. It was it, it was way too late in the evening, and I was far too plastered. I, I had a quick chat with them. I had a quick chat with Tommy Langley and. And then pretty much we all got thrown out of the pub. So there we go. Listen, John and I, Jonathan and I should shut up. I just want to say, if there's anything you and Clayton want to add, Tony, now's the time to do it. I, I, we've rained on your parade enough for the last 15 minutes. No, no, about an no. Event. <laughs> Honestly, it's been, it's been fascinating to listen to. And it was like, um, uh, well, Tim was on the, the podding shed last week and he did about half an hour and he just went on and, and spoke about, you know, Tommy Doherty. And, and, and it was just a great listen. So uh, I'm more than happy. With it. I, I, I'm... You know, there were two things that were very, very... I did not know. I did not know that he'd never been back to the club since 1977. Um, I, I'd never, ever realised that. Um, and uh, I, I thought he looked great on the little bits of video that I saw. Um, I regret actually not trying to get a ticket and everything. I didn't even know that the first hour or so, I think it was was podcast live or, or something along them lines. Um, but, you know, I think it's... It, it, I just want to say one thing, the fact that Roman Abramovich himself, um, in a very, you know, in a complete juxtaposition to put what Ken Bates would have done, um, actually waved all the charges for the use of the Under the Bridge nightclub. Yeah, well said, Tony. Well said. Uh, yeah, exactly that. That goes to show, for all these people that, that think, you know, who keep saying, what are you going to do when Abramovich leaves? I think that shows where his heart is in the club. And, uh, you know, he, he has welcomed back ex-players and helped them out where possible. And I think in this particular case, um, to do that was a fantastic gesture. Fantastic. Yeah, nice one. Clayton, anything to add? Um, not really. I mean, apart from the fact, as I said to you before, I was absolutely gutted I could be there. Um, I was uh, I, I was old enough to be going then when that team happened and and what people probably don't know or, or people of a certain age don't know it, it it was a resurgence we had about from the sort of because obviously we had the early seventies where we were we were fantastic and then the the club sort of disintegrated in in sort of mire of debt and then Eddie Mack came along in that awful season where we went down and, and sort of. I remember Ray Wilkins walking out as, as he made him captain. There was a terrible um, defeat at the lane, 2 0 in, I think it was either 74. And he just changed everything. He just, you know, Ray Wilkins, 18 year old captain, strode on, onto White Hart Lane and, and there was sort of a, a buzz. You mm. knew that we weren't very good. We knew that we were going to go down. But all of a sudden, all these young players appeared and that, that, was, that was Eddie McCready's doing. And, and the following season, we'd had so much misery. It was great. Okay, it was, it, we were in Division Two, the old Championship, but it was wonderful. And and all those players were, were great. And uh, I, I was speaking to Mark Worrell on the stall yesterday, and I, I said, was was any mention made of of, of Peter Benetti? Because obviously he was in that side, and he's not very well at all at the moment. And apparently there wasn't. But it was it was a it was a mix of youth, and then you had Peter Benetti and, and Ron Harris occasionally. So there, were, there was still that thing, but it was a fantastic season. And, and the sort of when we were banned, and, and I was lucky enough to be at, at Molyneux when, when we in '77, when we got promotion. But I also saw Eddie Mack as a player, and my I, my first ever um, home game, which was a, about a year and a half after I'd seen us play away from home. I remember Eddie Mack went on a run. Much like um, John's described, J.K. rather has described, um, 
uh, the goal against Leicester, which before my time, I would never have seen it. But I, it was like an Alonso-style run. I remember him running from left-back position and, and sort of hitting the post. And it was, I mean, great player. Really, really probably underrated, but he was a Scottish international. He's a really good fullback, And it was so sad when he left. And, yeah, I, I, I knew that he hadn't been back. So it was a phenomenal effort by everybody that arranged the evening and to get him back. I don't know if any of you'd seen this, but there was there was a video on YouTube. Somebody posted it on Twitter, I think, of him giving this speech uh, at a church where I think he's he's a member. I don't know if he's a, some sort of minister, but it was very slow, slow spoken and, and sort of really considered and sort of not regretting his former life, but just talking about his former life. And it was it was absolutely fascinating. So I'm gutted I couldn't I couldn't be there, but I'm I'm so glad that um people enjoyed it and it was a great night. Yeah. No, it was a it was a cracking night. Um and I, I mean the only thing I would add is go and buy the book. Uh it's a cracker and you can get it at gate uk and of course you can get it from Amazon as well. Right, it is beholden upon me at this normal time to do a bit of a plug for everybody. We've mentioned the uh, the Chelsea Supporters Trust, of course. Uh, and, of course, you can... I did a piece, uh, I did a bit of a and a that was there. It was a bit nerve-wracking, uh, particularly as I was very hungover when I went in there. But anyway, join the Trust, get your voice heard by the club. It's five quid to become a voting member, or, or free for non-voting members, although it's much more fun to be a voting member because, A... You can vote at the elections, which is really, really important because it's the uh, it's it you, you therefore means that we are accountable to you. But also, of course, uh, you get to take part in the survey. You can come to meetings, all that kind of razzmatazz. Uh, so, and you get a nice shiny blue badge, which is unique to the trust. Um, anyway, sign up ChelseaSupportersTrust dot com, uh, and of course, follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. Uh, of course, we always plug the CPO because we love the Chelsea pitch owners who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge, uh, whose aim is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will always and forever play at uh, Stamford Bridge. Um, and if you want to buy a share in that, then it's about 100 quid. Email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners. And you can follow them on Twitter as well at pitch owners and now is the time for the last plug for cfc uk and uh the the last issue of this season the last chance to get it in person will probably be at the cup final on saturday where a certain uh bald man will be what seen wandering around with a sainsbury's carrier bag going hurry up it's only a pound uh, and the man is a legend. He is an absolute legend. He is the man that single-handedly brought Eddie McCready back to us. Uh, and that is no mean feat. So a massive big up to Dave Johnson for doing that. Anyway, um, try and find him uh, at Wembley. He'll be out and about selling the fanzine. If not, uh, you can get it digitally at cfcuk.net. Uh, and, of course, in the, in the States, then follow the Twitter account at cfcukusa or get hold of Dan Lundberg on Twitter at dlundberg underscore, and they will get you a copy somehow, some way. Right, it's now time to talk a very, very quick chat, really, uh, about what is um, somewhat been overshadowed, I suspect, by the fact that we've won the champ, uh, you know, that we've won the Premier League again. Um, but it is FA Cup final day on Saturday, and we are there again. And I cannot, uh, I cannot, uh, you know, articulate quite how wonderful it is. I, I have never lost uh, my love for the FA Cup, Tony, ever, 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 ever. Uh, and it's massive for me, it still is. Uh, and it is for me. Uh, this is probably the the one final 
um, when I'm fairly relaxed about it because, you know, we all know that they can be a bit of a lottery. Um, and for me, you know, I have fallen into the fact that the, 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 the league title was is the biggie. But, um, you know, everything Chelsea started with the cup final in 1970 for me, everything, everything that, that runs through my veins now came from that final, that team, uh, those players, uh, especially Peter Bonetti. And I was very upset, um, you know, when I found out, uh, when someone told me on, on, in the pub garden, um, I think it was Tim Rolls told me that, um, you know, what what it was, um, his illness was. And yes, yeah, so it, it really is just such a you know, horrible, bloody thing to for anybody to have to, to, to suffer, let alone the family and friends around him. Uh, that, you know, that team was everything to me. Um, and that cup competition to a kid was probably more important than the league because you, you know, at eight, nine years old, you probably weren't going to every single game in the league. Okay. You would watch it on match a day and think, why aren't they jumping up and down and celebrating like lunatics at the end of every game? Like we were as kids when we just won a friendly knock about over the park. Um, and the cup was probably for a lot of kids, especially my age at the time. The, the, the big game of football that you watched on the telly. You know, everybody sat around and watched that game. It was on all day. There's blah, blah, blah. We all know the stuff uh, around the sort of romance of the cup then. Um, but it meant so much more. You, you, you To go out, your chest puffed out and say, you know, we won the cup. Um, and we, won the cup. To, we won yeah. the cup. We won the cup. E-I-A-D-O. We won the we cup. We won the cup, exactly. And I, th- I think, for me, I, it's a shame that the FA Cup has been... Uh, you're kind of devalued, not 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 by the fans, but well, know, I tell you what, Tony. I tell you what, you could, Tony, Tony. Yes. You know, basically, the integrity of the FA Cup has been ruined because it's now the Emirates Cup. Yes, and it's at five fifteen on a Saturday, yes. not three o'clock yeah. on a Saturday. Yeah. They, um, but no, 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 no. JT going off at twenty six minutes with a guard of honour. Yeah. That's worse. That's yes, obviously that's, that's, worse. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think, you know, the the FA, the Premier League, they've all played their part in, in diminishing um, some of the romance around football. I, I've always maintained, actually, I'd, I would be quite happy to drop the fourth place rubbish and, and let the winners of the FA Cup go into the Champions League and people go, yeah, but you might get a second division team win it or league one. No, you wouldn't because they haven't won it for fucking knows how long. Um, you know, it's it's been premiership teams all the way, but that might restore in the kind of media's eyes or, or, or whatever it is, the cynic's eyes, um, some of the luster of that competition. But for the fans, it hasn't lost anything, I don't think. And, and as relaxed as I am about Saturday, because, you know, it's a 90-minute, potentially 120-minute game uh, where things can go either fantastically well or horribly wrong on the day. Um, you know, uh, to, 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 to just be there. Now, at the beginning of the season, I actually forecast... Uh, or I predicted uh, that we would finish third, I think, in the Premiership. I was being particularly optimistic for me. Um, but I did say that I would love an FA Cup. It's been too long. Hmm. Well, let's hope we do. Uh, Clayton, I'm going to ask a question of you. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's safe to say that we're favourites, uh, not to mention the fact that Koscielny now suspended, that Gabriel might be out with an injury. So uh, there's no defence for Arsenal. Uh, I'd say there's never a defence for Arsenal. Um, we've got better players uh, and a better manager tactically. So, you know, it should be a slam dunk, shouldn't it? But is there is there an element of you that's worried at all? Um, not really. Um, <laughs> I... Good man! 
I, I basically am, am sort of such a, a glass half full merchant when it comes to, to watching our team, which is ridiculous considering how good we are now and where we are. Um, but for some reason, I, I can't, I can't see us losing. I, I, we, it's a one-off game, so there's always a danger. And people have been saying, "Oh, Arsenal coming into form." Well, hello, welcome to the world of Spurs. There's no pressure on them at the moment. There hasn't been any pressure on them since they screwed up. So they're playing without pressure, and they haven't got fourth place. Come Saturday, it's pressure. It's a game that means something. You know, it's. It, I can't. What. Conte has done with this team is fantastic. Um, I think it will be a tough game. I don't think it will be an easy game. But I can't see... I mean, as you say, I, the Gabriel being injured, I think it's quite a shame, actually, because I think he's rubbish. I'd much rather he was on the pitch than somebody else take his place who might do a better job. Um, if, if we turn up, which I have no doubt we will, I, I, can't, see, I can't see why we won't win. Um, I'm... I'm so excited. Uh, I love the FA Cup. Echo everything. You said echo everything. Tony said. It's so special. And and I, I feel so sorry. Not really. But I do feel sorry for teams <laughs> who, let's say, for example, you know, like Bournemouth, okay? They they changed nine players and got knocked out by Millwall. West Brom, I think they got knocked out by Millwall. Why? Why on earth would you do that? It's a competition. There's only four things that you can win if you're not in Europe. Or is it three things you can win if, if you're not in Europe? Why would you just not go for it? It's ridiculous. It's, a, it's, it's the best day out. It really is fantastic. The FA Cup, for much as I detest Wembley, it's a brilliant day out. It's, I am so excited. I can't say. I've managed to get a ticket for my son. So, I'm, you know, it's going to be his first cup final. And... I just, you know, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't see anything other than a great day for us. Good. Jonathan, Jonathan, um, uh, I mean, are you, I mean, you're usually the pessimist amongst us. I'm, I'm just delighted to hear that Clayton's so optimistic. It's, uh, it's not something that I usually find on the Chelsea fan cast. Is it well, just me and you, Jonathan, that are always on the, looking on the glass half empty side? Well, no, I, I would immediately think that, I mean, who's refereeing it? Who's refereeing, refereeing the fight? Ah, good Is question. I don't know. Anybody know? If it was Oliver, we wouldn't have a problem. If it was the git who, who did the Sunderland game, who, as usual, um, had a go at uh, Costa for being the one who was hit, which I just so detest it. And, and what worries me is that if Costa plays and uh, Gabrielle plays, they both speak the same language, so they'll both wind each other up, and uh, and he'll do it deliberately. But I think Gabrielle's got a... Uh, I thought it was a groin injury, but it's a knee injury. And then the other guy, one of the other defenders, has got... Um, uh, concussion. Anthony uh, uh, Taylor. It's Taylor, is it? Oh, okay. Okay. He's still. I think he's still a bit prejudiced against Costa. Well, well, so maybe so, Jonathan. But I think I think the Arsenal. I remember actually. I now remember it is Taylor, and and I remember at the time when it was announced, all the Arsenal fans went mad because he's, uh, you know, he doesn't like Arsenal. Apparently, he's given some duff decisions against them. So, hmm. Oh, that may be all right. I just get worried that you know all he needs is Costa to be uh, uh, highly strung. And uh, and we'll, we'll we'll be down to ten players, you know. I'm just yeah, but getting... surely it's down to Costa not to be like that. No, <laughs> you can't indeed. blame the referee. No, no, boy, you can blame the referee if he gets it in the same way that O'Shea um, kicked him, yeah, ran yeah. away, and then 
he then said to the referee, "As you look, I've been hit in the face, or wherever it was he'd been hit, which he wasn't, and, the, and the, which he well, he probably wasn't, but he held his face. But then, nonetheless, the referee then gave him the yellow card, and O'Shea, who had been equally guilty, scuttled off because he achieved, he 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 got what he achieved, and then soon after, Costa was fouled by." Um, one of the other centre halves, Sunderland centre halves. So you just go, well, yeah, all right, it's going to happen again. It's this serial thing, which I I despair of because because uh, he is definitely our weak link. So I I, I would get, and he, he's not unknown for the dark arts, Wenger. Everybody seems to think all he wants to do is play tippy tappy football, but actually he's uh, he's he's a canny man. But I think if all three of their defenders are out injured, I think we're going to win it easily. Mm. Unless, okay, of course, well, unless of course you have some some kid comes in we've never heard of who plays oh, out look, the, the beauty of the, the, be- the beauty of the cup is the fact is that you never know and anything can happen i mean i i have to be honest and when we had the semi-finals we were all saying blimey spurs is going to be a tough match in the semi but if we get through that you know, then we've either got City or Arsenal, and I mean, either what City would have been tough, I think, because they can they can really hurt you, but they still give you a couple of goals a game, and and I just think that you know, like I said, I think on paper we have better players than Arsenal, and I think that tactically we have a far better manager in Conte than Wenger, and and I think that you know Costa will will scare the shit out of whatever defence he has, uh, Wenger will not adapt their game to to kind of negate us. I mean, I know he he went to a back three first match. He did it again. It was the semi final against City, and it worked to an extent. But you know, they got an awful lot of luck that day with the referee. If you remember, you know, yeah. City should have won that game. So I feel about as confident as I ever do, other than the fact that I'm never confident. <laughs> if you know what I mean. But hey, listen. Let's hope that this. Let's hope that this time next week that we will be celebrating the second double in this club's, club's history. And I mean, you know, I never thought I'd see us win the league. Uh, I mean, I, I thought I'd see us win the cup again, possibly, but I never thought I'd see us win the league. So for me to see us win the double, and then hopefully for us to see it again, I, I just, I'll be just absolutely. I, in fact, actually, we might not be able to do the podcast next Monday because I will probably still be drunk. So I warn you now. <laughs> um, but let's hope. I've already had one victory cigar, Tony. I mean, do you think I can manage another one next next Saturday? What do you think? Well, yes, yes. I mean, you you were very kind, and you let me hold the cigar whilst you faffed about doing other bits and pieces. Um, well, I had two I pints in my in my hands at the you, time. You I did, think, didn't and I? I, I think you, you did turn around <laughs> and and catch me uh, having a a, a a sneaky you know a, a sneaky puff on it because uh, I saw more... I saw your cum face, mate, when you had a take yeah, of that oh, cigar. It was you, quite disturbing. Right. You did, you did, because uh, that Monte Cristo, like, it doesn't get much better than that. In fact, for cigar-wise, it doesn't. Um, I'll, I'll just say the same thing as you you did there about the double. It's such a, a you know, a, a rarity or, or something I never thought I'd see. And, you know, the double was always such a rarity. I saw the first double, you know, Arsenal was the first one I remember back in 71. Um, no one had done it that century other than Spurs um, up until that point. And then afterwards, you know, you suddenly had a run of them with Manchester United and then Arsenal did another couple and then we did ours. In fact, uh, we were the last ones to do the double uh, back in 2009, 2010. So it should be something that's difficult. I guess that's my point. I want to say one other thing, though. You, you, The way you dressed it up then, you said, oh, you know, we, we never thought we'd, we'd win the league. And I think I said this to you yesterday. There were two guys who sat next to me in the ground. Um, the two guys that normally sit next to me didn't turn up. I got a tap on the shoulder at half-time. This young lad said to me, look, me and my mate are separated in the ground. And we wondered if these two seats were available. I said, yeah, come and sit. Uh, we were chatting. And I said, you know, I never thought I'd, you know, we'd come back from last year. I didn't expect us to win this year. And he went, oh, I did. 
and we chatted and he was born in 1993 so he's not uh. had any of the baggage from 70 onwards to 97 if you like um and they, they, they this it was just an intriguing kind of uh, uh contrast between a Someone of, of my generation, our generation, who's known all the angst and the pain and the, the relegations and all this, to a young lad and his mate who've never known anything but success. It must have been like being a Manchester United fan, you know, when Ferguson took over. You know, that kind of, it, it changes your entire perspective on it. And I found it quite refreshing. Yeah, well, that's an anathema to us, isn't it? Let's be honest, of our generation. But uh, there we go. Let's hope we bring it back home. I mean, look, the thought of losing to Arsenal, I mean, Jesus, I can't bear that. Um, anyway, uh, after the break, uh, we're well, I said we're going to have loads of emails. I fear that because I've had the... I mean, I, much as I loved, and I do, I love Tony and Clayton like brothers, but when it comes to the fan cast, they are the, the biggest talkers we have. So, therefore, we have waffled on perhaps longer than we should have done. Largely... Of course, because I have been enjoying listening to them like I don't for quite a lot of other things. And actually, Bob Usrace has actually pinpointed it. He says, Chidge, this has been a great show. And I agree with you, mate. It's, it's lovely having these guys uh, in with us. Uh, so I'm afraid we might have to curtail some of the emails, Jonathan. That's kind of what I'm saying in a roundabout fashion. I or we could just say, say bollocks. Or we could just say way. bollocks to it and make it a really long show. But I mean, you know, I, I haven't eaten yet, so we'll see. The, uh... I feel the 10 we've got to read are slightly excessive. <laughs> do, you want, do you know what? You say that, mate. I've actually... I, I've, I've cut one of them out. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll say who it is now. Um, it's Alan Gavaran, because actually it's one that we can do in the last show of the season, because it, it kind of fits in with that. So anyway, we'll be back in a minute to, uh, to read a few emails. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to a very long, waffly Chelsea Fancast tonight. But we're all happy bunnies, so uh, I don't mind waffling on when we're happy. Uh, Jonathan, we've got loads of emails uh, I have a feeling we might not get through them all but we'll try and do our best uh, and if not we'll run them next week how about that perfect idea Chidge I think yeah, the middle one's very long let's see how we go let's see how we go yeah 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 we've only got six minutes I'll cram them in I'll do my speed read How's no that? no mate well no don't just do them in your own time I'll, I'll give it about 15-20 minutes I think that'll be alright this is from Matt Bergson it goes, Chid Jonathan Gattas, I can't believe my champion didn't. I was fearful you might fail. No, no, well, no, 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 no. Okay, no. Do okay, it no. properly. Okay, okay. I'll have fitted them all in at that speed. Um, I know, but. I know, I know. Mac Bergson, Chid Jonathan and the gang. Sweet, thanks for the mention. Um, I still can't believe we're champions again. I was fearful we might fade into oblivion after last season. Yes, me too. The team went from world beaters to also Rands in the blink of an eye. This time last season, we were stumbling to the end. We tried and failed to get Pep, and we'd recently signed a guy who'd won in Serie A, but so had his successor, so maybe they just had better players. I was worried, and like Jonathan, felt like a sixth-place finish would be an achievement. You see how pessimistic I was. Antonio worked his way into our hearts, not just with the results, but with his passion on the sidelines. I still can't believe it. A couple of quick comments slash questions. Number one, will Jonathan play a bigger role in the Gazprom commercial? 
No, I've been sacked. Also, can he get a role for Stamford Chidge? Uh, no, I think Chidge's a bit too expensive. Jonathan, if you can't <laughs> use your fame, Sorry. if you can't use your fame to help your friends, what good is it being famous? I am not famous. It's very sweet of you, mate. I'm an invisible man. That's uh, so we kept doing voiceovers. Nobody knows who you are. Anyway, number oh. two. Oh, probably already been mentioned before. This is the third year in a row that a Belgian blue has scored the title-clinching goal. Pretty cool. Good point. Number three. I won't wax poetic about our chances of a dynasty under Conte, as the last time I did that on this show, Jose got fired as we sat in 16th place. But I'm excited about what Conte can do with a full summer at the helm. Hear me. Wouldn't it be great, number four, wouldn't it be great if Loney Traore scored a brace for Ajax as they beat Man U in the Europa League 2-1? <laughs> Would love to see Jose Pogba and whatever other overpriced mercenaries the Glazers buy playing Thursday night games against Krasnodar. <laughs> number five, how awesome was it that Conte said this was a great season, but, but, but to be a fabulous season, we need to win the FA Cup. Bring on those gooners. Love, love, love the show. Thanks for everyone's hard work. Have a round on me. Keep the blue flag flying high. Mac Bergson, Jacksonville, Florida. Twitter handle at Proper Chelsea USA. Chidge and the boys and girl. Lovely. I think I don't think that last bit was supposed to be in there. Just reading the script. Sorry, no, mate. Neither, neither do I, but I... <laughs> I read it well, though, Chidge. Yeah, you did. That was, that was I funny. I read it well. I oh, gave it an brilliant. ending. I gave it an ending. <laughs> That's quite <laughs> I thought, funny. I, I read it through earlier, and I thought, I don't think that works, but I'll say it anyway. So, um, uh, Good. This is from... Uh, any, any, anything one wants to talk about that? Well, uh, I don't know. I do you want to answer that? The, the only thing... Clayton, I Clayton, Clayton. We're pressed for time, but the nah, only don't thing worry is... Too much. That, that basically, that, that thing about Traore, what I'm hoping is that Traore scores, runs past Jose, sticks up two fingers and says, I'm not a fucking left back. <laughs> oh, magic. I've just anyway. found something on Mixler, which I, I, I have to reply to. First of all, there's lot bloody hell, there's 216 listeners. That's the record. It's broken the record, people in the room. I have to say, I, either, I don't know what's going on. That's insane. Obviously, my mum's told, told of all of her friends. Uh, but Bonnie Rig Blues has just said, Chidge, are you Stanford the Lion? I'm just looking at that picture of you, photo of you and Jason Cundy from the uh, Eddie Mac do. Very similar shape, laugh out loud. I, I, I'll be honest with you, Bonnie Rig Blues. Number one, I looked at that photograph, and I have to be honest, I'm horrified about how much weight I've put on since I gave up smoking. So I need to do something about that because I was horrified. Uh, secondly, uh, I was never Stanford the Lion, but I have somebody on this show right now who was. Uh, it wasn't Clayton. It wasn't Tony. It was Jonathan Kidd. I was indeed Stanford the Lion in 1980. Yeah. And it's entirely because Hugh Hastings, who was the, shows you how cheap Chelsea were at the time, he, he took the photographs <laughs> and edited the programme. And I what played did, Sunday football with him. And I'd just been in a film in a, inside a cat costume. And he said, <laughs> and he said here, Jonathan, you know, I, I'm going to work for anything. Of course, I'd been fat puffing. That was the reason. I'd been fat <laughs> puffing for puffing books. 
And uh, my God, uh, uh, for two weeks, you uh, got paid quite well for that. You just wander around in a in a in a puffin outfit and chat to little boys and girls. It was rather lovely, actually. They were all very fond of me because I was in the cartoon. The fat, fat puffin was in the cartoon strip in the uh, um, in the puffin monthly or something in the the magazine they got. Um, and uh, so yeah, I seemed to be the perfect person to. Uh, to go along and do it and i i thought i did the first three games but uh, some bloke tweet tweeted that he his mate had done it and what i loved about it was he said here's a picture of my mate as stanford and he just sent a picture of the of the of, of the of the lion could be anybody <laughs> inside it. i mean for fuck's sake you know, that's great. That is. It was ridiculous. Yeah, he said, "Look, here he is. Here's my friend. Well, he said, well, here's my friend Jim as Stanford, and it's me leaning against the post because I know. I remember because I can see the game it was against West Ham, and I thought, well, that's obviously me, but we can't tell who it is anyway. But, um, but yeah, the ludicrous and that. Anyway, but yeah, I got sacked after three games. But I, I'm, I'm going to go on about this. It's such a silly story. I, I um. I, I've tried to make him into a kind of really bouncy character because we established that because the team weren't very good at the time. And so I ran around like a mad thing and I kicked the ball into the net and I cheered and I went down and, and I shook everybody's hands because the high fives haven't been invented then. And I, I, I didn't do any of that. I danced around to blue is the colour and I shook all the players' hands and I rushed backwards and forwards and I rushed into the changing room and I couldn't get the costume off because it was in hooks and eyes it was all put together with. And I couldn't get it off myself. And I had to wait in the dressing room, dressed as the lion, till half time, till uh, the steward, the tea steward, came round in his little brown overall outfit and undid me. And he said, well, what are you doing in here? I said, I can't get out. can't get out of this costume. And I got out of the costume with his help for half time, went down to the tunnel, stood there, and a Chelsea steward came up to me. I was changed, came up to me and said, yes. And I said, I've just been the lion. And he said, yeah. He said, and I'm Rackle Welsh, he said. And I got <laughs> and I got thrown out. I got thrown out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what? Listen, th- listen, listen, God. Sorry, I, I've I mean, this is, no, no, that's it's brilliant. I just think it's brilliant that, you know, at the, 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 the absolute zenith of our Mixler career with, with 234 listeners, four, sorry, 241 <laughs> listeners, it's going up, that uh, we're, we're, we're talking probably the most arrant nonsense we've ever talked about in nine years of doing the show, which is just what, it's how we roll, guys. This is what it's like. Um, listen, I've just got to share this with you. That I'm going to share this with you that I cannot share, but I know somebody else who was Stanford the Lion once, uh, I cannot possibly reveal who it is because I will be killed by them if I do. I can't even give you a clue, but I might tell you over a beer sometime, all right? What, uh, what Jonathan, era was this, Chidge? What era was this? I've, do you know what? I, he never told me that. He, he never told me that, but he told me, and he was... I, he told me when I said to him, you won't never guess what I've just found out. I found out that, that bloody idiot Jonathan Kidd was Stanford the Lion. And he said... <laughs> Well, he said, well, don't tell anybody, but I was too. So there we go. And that's all he said. And I'm not, I cannot, I cannot say who he is. He will absolutely kill me. Your quick reference to how many people you got listening. Mark Barfoot has put 241 listeners. Is Diane Abbott doing the maths? Diane Abbott doing the maths. (laughs) But I tell you what, even better, I I saw Alan May score. I'm Stanford the Lion. No, I'm Stanford the Lion. No, I'm Stanford the Lion. Brilliant. Anyway, listen, let's see if we we can get through to read at least one more email, shall we, Jonathan? We might even get two in. You never know. This is from uh, Gabrielle. 
Hello, Chidge and the boys. I'm currently writing this email whilst listening to your podcast after the Champions League final. Wow, you just sent me down the memory lane. One of the best nights in my life and a day I would always remember everything I was doing at each hour, as I'm sure it is for other Chelsea fans. This made me write this email as I've been postponing writing it each week. My question is, being a new member to the Fancast family, started listening this season, how can I listen to your classic shows? Examples being uh, Carlo's title triumph, Europa League win, beating Arsenal 6-0, etc. I think you should make a section on your website with every season as a folder with the fan cast for each week in it. I think it would help every new listener. Now, I'd like to share my top three moments of this season, and I'd like to know yours too. Number three, beating Man City away. Funnily enough, I had a ticket for that game but felt sick during the week, so my ticket had to go to a mate that lived in Liverpool. I've never been disappointed about helping a mate out till, hazard, till that hazard goal went in. I went absolutely mental jumping around the sitting room with family members, wondering if I really felt sick. I still think that was the day we won the league. Number two, Matic's goal against Spurs at Wembley. What a day this was. I was absolutely shitting myself when I saw the team sheet on my way to the ground. Or getting to the stadium, seeing thousands of other Chelsea fans who believed in the team, despite the thought of Spurs winning, got me believing too. When the first goal went in via the William free kick, I was hugging the dwarf sitting next to me. <laughs> supposed to be a person of restricted stature, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> not allowed to say that word, sorry. Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> anyway, whoever it was was hugging. <laughs> Seriously, Seriously, this is what Chelsea is all about. Hmm. I want dwarfs. Ca- I want yeah, listen, he carries on. I wanted to carry him up, but I gave up. Okay. Then the, and throw him into the crowd. No, and that's not true. Then the moment happened. Hazard laying it off to Matic and everyone shouting, shoot! It was surreal when it actually went in. The limbs in my section, I ran down the stairs hugging and high-fiving everyone. A proud moment to be a blue. Now to number one, John Terry's send-off. I usually sit in the East Upper, just above Jonathan. You must wave at me, but made an exception to move to the West Stand in order to get a better view of the celebrations. Chatting to our men servants. What a day. This is what I've always dreamed of since supporting Chelsea as a kid. And having moved to London a, uh, a few years ago, I felt I was in heaven. I was directly above Roman's box as I was sat in the second row in the West Stand. That man is proper Chelsea. Scarf round his neck, chanting Antonio, clapping the players. We're so lucky to have him. He isn't bored yet, eh? Now to the John Terry tribute. What a player, what a man. The countless tackles, sacrifices, putting his head where I wouldn't dare put my leg. He did the same against Watford last week. I feel privileged to be able to say I watched John Terry whilst he was at Chelsea and I witnessed his last game in person. The greatest ever Premier League captain and defender. I'm not going to go on about the journalists such as Garth Crooks, who has won less trophies than Nathan Ake, talking crap about the send-off. <laughs> It was the send-off he deserves, and anyone having a problem about it can do one. Anyway, it's been a pleasure listening to your show every week. It's the highlight of my daily commute to university on Tuesdays, or even in the library at 7pm on Mondays. I hope you have a great time at Wembley next week. I'll be there, and I'm sure you all will. Till next time, keep it blue and be carefree. Gabriel. Mm, What a lovely, lovely email, mate, wasn't it? Lovely, passionate mail, other than the... The, 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 yeah. the dwarf image is just going to haunt me <laughs> and make me laugh every time. 
uh, there we go. Or was, was that, as I saw Alan May's score on Mixer says, dwarves, people dressing as lions. I don't quite know what he means. Um, what I would say, though, Gabriel, I mean, I don't know if you boys noticed this, but as it was... As it was, um, as it was, uh, you know, the fifth anniversary of Munich on Friday. I, I somebody on Twitter tweeted me and said, um, "Did you do a podcast after the Champions League final?" And I said, "We certainly did." Where were you? You know, and he said, "Well, I, I've never heard it." And I said, "Well, would you like?" I said, "Hands up, everybody wants me to repost it." And I found it. I found, you know, five years ago, but I bloody well found it, and I put it up on uh, on Acast again. Uh, gave it a different title. Do you realise it was three hours long? <coughs> it was insane. But it had, um, you know, me, Darren, uh, Pablo, Ross. Who else was on it? Lauren, Stu. It was uh, it was a cracking, cracking ride. Uh, and actually, Gabriel's got a point. I mean, I do actually have every single podcast we've ever done stored on a, on a file. Uh, and I promise you that I will try and pull my finger out over the summer and... If not, put them all up. Certainly put some of the classic ones up, because we've done a few real classic ones, so I might I might well do that. And as you said, I could create a, a page on the website to cover that. So I'll, I'll try and do that, all right? Putting, I mean, because basically we've only got um, maybe the last hundred or so that are available quite easily. So when you think that this is podcast number 390, you understand the scale of the task to put all of them up. But I will think about putting, you know, some of the choice ones up. All right. Silence. Yeah, yes. sounds good. I mean, we've we've, <laughs> we've 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 done similar with the podding shed when we've we've got all uh, eighty six back episodes, I think, and and somewhere lurking along, along that might be our infamous ghost episode. But it just gives people a chance to go back and look at it. We, you know, it goes out on Twitter and iTunes, but all eighty six are. You know, so if you need a bit of help on that one, I'm sure our our yeah. editor, our engineer Nick, will help. Uh, don't worry, mate. It's all it's all done. They're all there, edited. I just have to yeah. post them up and stick it on the website. Actually, yeah. Bob Usray's made a very hilarious point, and and I I got a hopefully an even more hilarious answer. But Bob Usray says, all that's missing from these podcasts is the background noise and the clinking of beer glasses. And I, and I, I must share this with you because maybe this will make you make you giggle, but. I remember one of the first times that we, we did a podcast that wasn't in Putney Station, where, of course, we were normally very drunk and there would be lots of clinking of glasses. I actually recorded uh, at a time when we were there what, what we used to call in the business a bit of uh, what we call wild track. Jonathan will know what I mean. And um, basically, I just left the mics open and you got all the background noise of the bar going on with clinking of glasses. And I actually, when we recorded the podcast, I think we had to record it in Martin's house or something. I recorded it, and then I, I added in the background track of, of Putney Station so that nobody knew that we were doing it at Martin's house. And it was all working really, really well until Cheltel went to the loo and flushed. And the, and, and, the, and the whole myth was completely eroded, but there you go. So the things we do on this show are daft anyway. Um, should, we, should we give another email? I mean, I, I'm, I'm good to carry on if you boys are. We got we got two hundred and seventy five listeners. We're going to keep yes, reading these fine, emails, mate. and we're going to carry on the show and, until the number of listeners in Mixler goes down. If it goes down, we stop the show. If it keeps going up, we carry on. How does that sound? Very good, and I look forward to you helping me pay my divorce papers. Uh, yes, and I, I I'll, look t- I'll take to Mrs. The, the two mates I'm meeting in the pub to uh, to send me a text saying where, where the fuck are you. Right. Okay, well, I, I, I'll I buy your mates a drink, Jonathan, and I'll take Mrs. Clayton out for a slap-up meal with your Uncle Chidge. How does that sound? 
Perfect. No, I don't want to make things worse. <laughs> Cheeky bastard. <laughs> Fair enough. Jonathan, read the... Well, t- well, tell you what, let's let's do this one and see where we get, yeah? This is from um, Gary Eek. E-K-E. Or Eck, or Eek, whatever. Um, this incredible, amazing season is now sadly almost over, but we are, without doubt, champions. Yay! More than deserving champions at that. But let's spare a thought for poor little... Mm. For it should have been theirs. Spurs is what he means. Spurs. Oops, it's okay. Um, He's put lots of asterisks. He doesn't want to say. If titles were won for such outstanding achievements as having beaten the opposition's corner count or because the media claim that there is nobody better, it could have been. Soon enough, we could achieve beyond what we thought possible for this season and claim our second league and cup double. Absolutely unthinkable after the shambles of last season. But to listen to some pundits, non-Chelsea fans and uh, experts, it should be the shit from Tottenham Hotspur about to claim to this historic feat. It could have been. Hmm. To recall the shambles of last season makes everything that's happened this that extra bit special. But I would argue that's nothing. that's nothing compared to the juxtaposition of 50 years tomorrow, 2005, to everything that's happened since when, believe it or not, it actually was shit. Uh, sorry, it actually was Spurs. <laughs> this, was, <laughs> this was really where it all began for me, for my dad, 11 years old, his love for football reaching previously unscaled heights and clearly wise beyond his years, took a punt and declared his loyalty that fateful afternoon in 1967 to the boys in blue and not to those in white. After we lost, he took himself off to the local park, found a quiet place, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying, cried his eyes out. Things were never the same again, and how thankful I am for it. But it could have been Next season will mark 30 years of my first ever trip to the bridge, most memorable to us for a six-year-old, me pleading with my dad, to take me to the toilet during the game, for which he was rewarded by missing a Tony Dorigo screamer. He has never forgiven me. Between between the two of us and my two diehard uncles, we have amassed 160 years of support for the only team in London, home and away, here and abroad. And what we've witnessed in the time since Roman took over has surpassed what we could only ever dream of before. Sadly, given the expensive nature of the match-going ritual over the last few years and the even more expensive nature of raising kids, for me anyway, and a new generation of proper Chelsea, it's rare that we've been able to attend games together, but our passion has never wavered. Next season, we hope we'll be lucky enough to see the Mighty Blues play competitively in our hometown of Brighton. Of course, we'll show you around for the first time together, something we've been wanting for a long, long time. But just think, it really could have been Spurs. I could go on and on, but I've taken up enough of your airtime with this poorly written waffle. No, no, no. Really, the point of it all is really to give thanks. Firstly, thanks to Chelsea, a club like no other, a club with no equal. Thanks to you, Chidge and the Fancraft crew, for still allowing us to be a part of match day without actually being a part of match day an invaluable service. For this season, and I hope many more to come, thanks to Antonio, 
a manager who already gets it, gets us, and seems to be the most perfect fit for us than any manager I can remember in recent history. He's made us Chelsea once more. Thanks to my uncles for allowing me to be a part of this with you, for all the stories, the shirts, and the incredible moments we've shared. But most of all, thanks to my dad. Thanks for all the amazing memories and experiences we've had together because of Chelsea, because of you. There are not enough words to do justice for what you've given me. Here's to 50 more years and beyond. Thank you for choosing Chelsea. Thank fuck it wasn't Spurs. <laughs> Gary oh. is good. That, that Gary Eek, that is a that is a cracking email, and and I and I, I am I'm a man I am a man of my word, and it's not just because uh, Clayton very rudely thinks that I would make his lovely wife's life worse by taking her out for dinner, or that uh, Jonathan thinks that my mates would probably not appreciate me. Well, they probably wouldn't like going out for a drink with me, Jonathan, because they'd probably probably be ill by the end of it. Um, so uh, I did say to you, if the if the numbers in Mixler went down from 275, then that would be it. And I'm afraid it has gone down to 269. So the boys have earned a reprieve. Uh, what that also means is that I am also a man of my word on the email front. And I promise you, promise you, promise you that Brian Justman's incredibly long email, uh, Dane Whittle's pretty long email, and Harrison Lego's short email... Uh, will definitely be read out next week, isn't that right, Jonathan? Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I've I've read them and they're all pre-read them and they're all they're great. brilliant. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you, I've read them and and they are. I mean, they. I mean, you know, I tell you what, mate. I, I having read them, I was almost in tears. I was welling up about how lovely they were being about us. I was just thinking, shit, you know, I'm humbled by this. So we will read them. I mean, the other thing is, of course, next week we've only got the FA Cup to talk about. So actually we might be able to do like an extended email read if there are lots of them to do. So uh, I will bear that in mind, all right? Good stuff. Oh, yeah, all right. Um, that having been said, of course, you all know what to do with the old emailage. Uh, you just email your Uncle Chidge at uh, chelseafancast at gmail.com preferably before a Monday so that I get time to put them in the show. And as I said, we will always read them out uh, unless we run out of time, which is kind of what we have done tonight. But we've had a good stint, so we shouldn't knock it. Right, I'm afraid that is all we've got time for this week. Do not forget to download the Kerry Dixon Show on Thursday when the fantastically fabulous Kerry Dixon and I will give our reaction to Chelsea winning the league, JT's farewell, and uh, we will be looking forward to the FA Cup final against Arsenal. Um, I will be back next Monday, as I always is, uh, together with Jonathan, as he nearly always is too. And uh, next week, we'll, next week we'll, we will have the lovely Dan Silver and the lovely, 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 lovely Alex Churchill. Um, and there you go. Weirdly, chap, somebody accused me in the pub of not liking Alex. Can you believe that? Ridiculous. I know. Slanderous. I do. Yeah, we all love Alex. I love Alex particularly, but I was amazed by that. He said, but you're always shouting at her. And I said, I know, but she's like the naughty kind of child that you have that's a bit kind of willful. And sometimes you just have to shout at them so that they behave themselves. But I love Alex. I love her. She's like the daughter I never had. Um, anyway, so yeah, Alex, me, Dan and Jonathan will be back with you next week. Uh, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, 
the lovely Clayton at Goalie59, uh, and uh, of course the even lovelier at Grocer Jack UK <laughs> is Tony Glover. Uh, and of course, check out the website at ChelseaFanCast.com, where amongst other things, you can read a, f- I nearly said a very rude word because it is that good, a superb article by Clayton that he put up there today. Well, thank you, Clayton, for that. It was a fantastic read, mate. It, it had to be said, really. It had to be said. I think it was on the mm. back of uh, just all the crap that we get. That I just don't think we've had the dessert, uh, the um, the credit, credit we deserve. We deserve. I, yeah, I absolutely. Will, I'll treat we. I'll retweet that now on Twitter if people want to read yeah. it um, and let me know what they think. Cheers. Yeah, it was Lovely. a cracker. Really and, and thank, it. Well, pleasure, mate. And thank you all season for doing it and keep doing it. They're, they're, they're really great reads and uh, it, it, it tickles me that you, you, you can be bothered to write for us and I do love that. So many thanks to, you, to all all of the Chelsea fancast bloggers. Tone put one up this week as well, actually. We should mention, shouldn't we? Thank you very much. Yes, I did. I, I wanted to take a div- different slant on the uh, on the five years since, uh, since we won the, the, the Champions League and just talk about generally what a good month for us May is anyway, you know. And I've got I've got one. Thanks for that, Tony. I appreciate it. I've got I've got one from uh, Christopher Larwood in Adelaide uh, to put up as well on his what it was like for him watching it in Australia, which would be quite interesting. So I'll put that up uh, this week. You know, maybe one day we can get Jonathan Kidd to write a, a blog for us. Just think of the great stories he might have to write up and put on a website. What do you think about that, Jonathan? <laughs> Silence. He's gone to the pub. Silence. He's run away. He's run away. He's gone away. to the pub. One day we'll get him to do it. Anyway, listen, it's been brilliant, brilliant fun this week. I, I've enjoyed it. I'm sure you lot in Mixler have. It's great to see so many of you in here tonight. Uh, hopefully I'll see a few of you at the Cup Final on Saturday, which promises to be, hopefully, a fantastic end to the season. Let's bloody well hope so. So, many thanks to my guests this week. Thanks for listening, you lot. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Up the chels! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.